Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of The Outer Realm. We're broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 FM and 107.7 FM here in New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you so much and could not do it without you. Also, big thank you to Justin Snicker, the sonic surgeon, Dr. Snick, board-winning composer of Halloween, horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music. He is the voice of our intro. His music is the background of our intro. We appreciate you so very much. You completely rock, and um, everybody loves it. Just saying. Also, big thank you, Steve McGinnis, the artist behind the artwork of that makes up the outer realm so you can find him on instagram you can find him on facebook does a lot of custom stuff has a lot of horror uh themed stuff ready to go but does beautiful stuff and he can pretty much do just about anything so check him out now tonight of course we have our 300 episode 300 which is kind of cool right so we thought we would just do this like round table thing. And of course, you'll notice my little bubbly compadre is not here. Her daughter is having surgery pretty much as we speak. So hoping that she's coming out of it. So sending a lot of well wishes over to Amelia and her family. So yeah, see right here. Yeah, right there. So anyway, send her some love, send her some prayers, well wishes, light, all of that jive. I'm sure she will really appreciate it. So tonight we thought we would do this this roundtable Q&A, and uh, we thought we would talk about, I mean, as you know, in the chat room, it's it's pretty much open uh, for a discussion wherever it takes us. But tonight we've got Joe, and Joe's going to, I mean, his, his area of uh, expertise is alien abductions, alien, you know. Oh, I thought you were going to say sexy species. women. That, that's my area of expertise. I'm oh, this alien <laughs> shit. I know what you're talking about this alien stuff, man. Yeah, right there. Okay. <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be fun, right? It's always fun. Mm -hmm. But we have people chiming in. So, hey, William, Kenny, Zachman, Dana, Ween. How's it going? Because you're looking Wayne, a bit is, rough is, on the coast of the bubbles. You're is there, looking any of, is there any of the cage left, Wayne? I'm, I'm asking you. I mean, I hear she's... I haven't given it all away. She's giving all the cage away, man. I'm just checking. It ain't raining on your head or nothing up there in Canada. <laughs> no, she's no. checking, people. I don't know. Hey, it's been a rough couple of days. The guy worked like a dog getting this place ready. So so he goes, oh, Zach, man, says, hey, Zach, hey that's my doing, expertise, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Zach, I was thinking about you about two days ago. I was sipping some Jameson's with a nice cigar. I said, you know, this reminds me of somebody I met online. 
uh, you just popped into my head all the things I could have been thinking about at the time. And you Zach, man. Yeah. <laughs> so something twisted about that whole thing right there. Right. Oh, Especially man. considering what you were just talking about uh, right now. And that, you should be seeing your stuff sometime. Uh, what is it? Went out uh, this morning. So probably three days. You should, if you don't see it in three days, text me or type, call me or, uh, it has to go way. to Canada. It's not coming in three days. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting y'all are in Canada. You damn Canadians. Tamara. Sorry, Tamara. So he's fibbing. <laughs> uh, look, now I got to say this. Y'all have, you Canadians have gone up two steps on my list now. I didn't know Elon's mom was from Canada, even though she's nuts. Still, you know, Elon's great. So that's two points. Oh, don't even want it. Don't even go there. Thank you, Dana. Big hugs to you. Be nice to me, Joe. People love me. If I was a girl, I'd be like, hey, Elon, how you doing, baby? Whatever. Saying, See? I mean, first I'll be second richest man in the world. <laughs> oh, Elon. That's not I enough. Know, right? I know. I know. He is kind of a doughboy look, but you know, you know, put a pair of goggles on, not worry about it. So, it could be like a double bagger. Maybe that's me to say. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Well, okay. you know, I don't, I don't want to hate. I really like the guy. He's cool. And, and he does believe in aliens, by the way. I didn't know that. I just found that out the other day. Well, how could he not? You know, well, like, it's, you know, it's guy. I've been trying to get an interview with him. So finally I've met some people in his, how can I say this? His outer inner circle. I don't know how to explain it, but so his inner circle, the people that work for them have actually met some people in, in that work for the inner circle now. So the um, inner it's, circle. Uh, so it's hard. You know, well, I've been able to talk to people like Bigelow and stuff like that, but this guy is hard, man. And, and he's they they're very protective of him, which is a good thing. I'm not I'm not hating, but he's 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 just he's just hard to get hold to. Uh, well, I want to bring him on a network. I'd like to do an interview with him. I'd like to get his thoughts on a whole wide realm of things from politics to aliens, a lot of things in between. See, I'm not showing no cleavage tonight. Y'all see that? See, maybe we could share him. Hey, that would work. <laughs> maybe, maybe we Elon just do a joint interview. Looked, we'll bring him on a special guest. It's um, yeah. oh, real quick before we get anything deep. Uh, Roku should be up in the next two or three days. So y'all be sure to check it out. Uh, the gray zones will be available. They are probably starting around the 10th and they will be not for free. You will have to pay for them, but uh, they will be available at first. It'll be five, but probably by the end of the month, they will all be up there. So you'll be able to go over there and look at them on Roku and check them out. And, and check out some of the older episodes. Too. Yes. Like, there's a lot of the old episodes. They're going to be getting pushed down right now. They're closer to the top, but by the end of the month, they'll be way at the bottom of the list. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, we're putting up, I think we're currently putting up, right now we have 12 days up uh, of material up there for y'all to watch. Uh, some of it's, but none of it's older than about 20, when did y'all come on? Wonder what, we when did y'all come on the network? Yeah. I'm insulted, 2019. I don't think so. Okay, so about 2017. It goes back as about as far as 2017. Uh, we get to see people like Christina George and Chris George and some of the other older hosts that have gone the way of the um, dodo bird to say, for lack of a better way of saying it. And a lot of good stuff coming up though, too. Too much stuff to talk about. Michelle and I are going to have to do a, sh a network show on just what all the different things coming on the network. It's too Probably much to talk wouldn't about hurt. Yeah, it's, well, it's too much to talk about tonight, but all I can say is look for a lot of things. You will be able to see us on your 70 and 85 inch television now without anything but pushing a button. We'll Before have to you do had it on show. Well, you, so, I'm, look, I'm a sexy damn bastard. You can put me on 75 inch. I don't mind. I'm booked solid to the end of March. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to do it, have to be on your show. <laughs> it's, um, 
Well, no, if we bring Elon on, you and I will do a joint interview with Elon. That'd be fun. Um, I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure he would enjoy it more. No, I'm not bringing Emily on. She'd be trying to steal his ass. Not <laughs> just teasing. She's ours, dang it. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, okay. okay. Oh, man. We're a lot of weirdness see. is going on around in the world right now. Yeah, we have a question for you already, Joe. What? You mean like Burger King? B-E-K? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joe. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I'm a little rowdy tonight, so you have to watch out. Oh, yeah, he's hyper. I'm and he's just getting ready to hijack the show again, so I thought I'd put no, down no. some topics. I knew it was our 300 show, so I came looking pretty. Thank and, you. Um, Thank you, know, you. Out of respect, I know she works her ass off for not just the show, but for me as well. Always. Uh, always. So let's answer the first question. Regarding aliens, the question she always asks, are they involved with the BEK? I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't no, know. No. Honest well, answer. I don't know. You tell me what BEK no. means because my brain is fried right now. So it's like okay. I said, it's on overdrive. I've been maybe uh, elaborate for our listeners. And we'll, I've been drinking we'll, a lot of Coke and a lot of coffee today, even though I'm not supposed to be drinking Coke. We've been drinking a lot of it today. <laughs> mm. BEK. And this for damn Folgers is follows. Follows is good. It's good. <laughs> if you can elaborate on that for, for Joe, he will answer. Yes, because Joe's uh, black eyed kids, oh. Joe. Well, Yes, be, you know. Well, I didn't know. I could have double check. It could have been anything. So I wanted to make sure now, before we got off on a, ta a tangent. Anyway, the <laughs> black eye kid. So there's a big problem with all of this. I, I, I can't say it like this. So I've known contactees that have met the black eyed children and the black eyed people on board ships. And for lack of better, they're like us. And what I mean by that is they're going through abductions. They're having the same experiences we are. They're around the same technological level we are. They are keepers just like our humans are keepers on board the ship. So some of them are allowed to interact with us learning how we are. But some of us are allowed to interact with them as well. So like as we're seeing black-eyed people here in bedrooms and stuff, some people over there are seeing blue-eyed or green-eyed or, or you know brown-eyed, which they don't have on their planet. Uh, now, I want to clarify that. There's definitely that. But there is another syndrome that a lot of people think is paranormal. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. It's not alien, though, because we, we know about what the aliens have seen and what goes on with the black eyed. And when you see the black eyed people, usually uh, from the aliens, they're going to be solid. You'll be able to touch them. They're not going to be wispy or ghosty. Uh, they're not going to be like you're seeing them through a veil or anything like that. They're actually going to be with the grays physically in the room. Uh, or with the reptilians physically in the room. So it's a little bit different. Now, there are some that are they're like, some people say they've seen them across the veil. Now, are they seeing those aliens across the veil? Or is it the same black-eyed kids across the veil instead of being in the room? That's possible. But I, I can't, I can't, there's no definitive research in it. Well, at least with the black-eyed children aboard the ship, there's a lot of research in it. Now, if we get into my paranormal friends, there's a whole host of things they think it is. From demonic possession to well, what about people whose eye people who aren't possessed but whose eyes can go black or slit or change colors like they can change colors. I don't know if they're going black. Go, no, I mean, no, some black. people you can get red eyes, you can get black eyes, you can get slits in your eyes, you could get your eyes could go from slate to green. But these are people with colored eyes to start with, like not so much brown eyes. For Before anybody asks, all green eyes people are sexy. Just so you know. Okay, we can move on. Thank now. you. <laughs> <laughs> All green-eyed people are sexy. You just might as well know that up front. Don't don't get yourself in a in a roar. So, oh, red so, eyes, red hair. Oh, red. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, we can't even go there. Go ahead. <laughs> so 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 what? You know what would be your your responses to something like that? Because that could fall under just about anything. Well, see, that's the problem with with these with these black-eyed children is 
there's at least three realms they can fall into. They can fall into just a normal thing, some kind of weird fluky thing that, that people get, or they could fall in to the alien thing, or they could fall into the paranormal thing. The weird thing for me with the paranormal thing is just too many different things. Okay, there's like, oh, the little girl standing there had black eyes, and she was like fire coming out her head or snakes coming out of her head. Okay, that's definitely paranormal. It has nothing to do with aliens. But why do all why do all evil and I'm saying evil, why do all evil anything have black eyes? See, I just have a fundamental problem with that. That's like racism or something. Um, <laughs> well, first off, I've been in a paranormal field a long time. I mean, I've been in ufology a long time, but I grew up in New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans itself is a paranormal field. The whole damn city it is. It is. It is. Yeah. So yeah. you know, when you're raised there, it's a little different. And we we treat paranormal. How can I say this? Uh, we could treat it more like every day. Even a newscast is down here. Matter of fact, just a couple of weeks ago, there was one I'm talking and something happened in the studio. And she's like, I told him not to build this studio here. I told him this place was haunted. I told him. And then you hear some guy, one of the lighting guys freak out because something touched him, but there was nothing there. Mm. So, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff like that happens. Or you'll be walking along and all of a sudden you hear your keys drop five feet behind you. You're like, wait, what? How the hell that happened? Now you're a little drunk and all, but still, usually your keys in your pocket don't <laughs> pop out and fall five feet behind you. It's just just a little weird. And there's yeah. other things like that. Or sometimes you'll get to your car and it's turned around. You're like, what? What the hell happened here? I and it's just, it's just weird. Get out of my car. <laughs> well, it's just Funny weird. I mean, and then one of my favorites is, so we're walking. So here's here's the cathedral, St. Louis Cathedral and Pirates Island is right here, Pirates. So. Mm-hmm. We're walking down. Every now and then you'll be walking down, and especially about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. You'll be walking around, and all of a sudden you'll see two or three women in these big Bella ball gowns just walking down the street to get the things, you know, moseying back and forth like they do. And they'll turn around and look at you. They'll even smile. They have normal hair, normal eyes, normal for whatever the time period is. And then they turn around, they walk a little while, and they're gone. Now, it's not just you that see them. A lot of times there'll be people having drinks or cocktails or an early breakfast mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. on the side. There's several clubs and restaurants there. They'll right. see them as well. It's just it's just weird. Or oh, my favorite one is 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 the girls at pee on Canal Street. This shit cracks what? me up. Yeah, so and, and most people don't notice, but in New Orleans they got these little these little drains that run everywhere. So back in the eighteen hundreds, that was for that was so the women could squat with their big dresses right. and tinkle and then walk away. And that's what they were for. No, that's what they were actually for. You, you go check it for yourselves. And every now and then, you'll, people will see that. And they don't understand what's going on. They'll be like, especially if they're not from here. They're like, I'm watching these women. And all of a sudden, they kind of squat and they sit there a minute. And then they just kind of lift up and walk away and like kind of float off. And then they disappear. That's what freaks them out is the disappearing part. So, so is, this, is this like a residual thing, like a replay? Or are these actually spirits? You know, some of them I thought were replays. And some of them are replays, to be totally honest with you. Some of them are actually replays. Now, right. there was an incident at Dueling Oaks where someone did see a gentleman with glaring black eyes fighting another gentleman who had glaring blue oh. eyes. Now, who was evil, who was not, I don't have no idea. Uh, but this thing played a few times and then it quit. It seemed to just go away. Um, no one's seen them again after that. A, a bunch of Because they have Doolin Oaks. So there's a place in City Park where they have these 300-year oak trees, one on one side, one on the other side. And they're big and they come all the way to the ground. And they sweep down. There's a little hole in the front of them. So each team would get on each side. And, you know, they have their people with them and all, and they'd be prepping it and getting ready for their sword fight or gunfight or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why they call them dual notes because the, the duel happened in between the trees. But, you know, and then there's there's a case in the Sanger Theater 
where someone seen, how did he, what did he say? He said they were ghostly white with deep, dark, glaring eyes. He said, but they seemed human to him. Or, or like, not he wasn't scared of them. He didn't think they were demons or ghosties. He no, thought they were something no, no. else. Right, and, right. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to put a thing on this because the, the cases are rare to start off with. And mm. the cases that you do get are sporadic. And they're sporadic in the way that this case says this thing, this one says that thing, this one says this thing. You know, a good friend of mine from um, – uh, Southern paranormal gives me crap about it all the time because he thinks they're all demons. He said, if they got black eyes, they're demons. That's, but that's a religious belief system. A lot of the uh, more like the born again, Christian faith tells you that there's no such thing as ghosts at all, that they are all demons in mimics. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with your faith. Um, what your background is, you know, to a ufologist, they're going to be some kind of extraterrestrial. Uh, Wayne says a dark entity encountered had orangey red eyes with vertical black slits in them. Oh, shit. That sounds like a reptilian. <laughs> it, was, it was a big shadow being, actually. Yeah, oh, was, my God, man. What the hell did you get right? into there? I know. Hey, hello, Brian. How's it going, my friend? Hello, people. People of Earth. Yes. So, you know, um, so I don't know. I, I think your, your faith, your religious faith, like your faith definitely your faith has a part will, of it. There's no doubt about that. I know. So, I mean, you know, what's we been know interesting the, is, is to watch faith progress, yeah, especially when it comes to UFOs. Um, they progressed. They've, they've brought themselves forward, kicking and screaming, mind you, but right. they brought themselves forward. So it's, it's not a non-belief anymore. They do believe that there is advanced life out there. What cracks me up is the Christians believe, especially the greys and the reptilians, or, or how do they say it? They're mm. spiritually more evolved than we are at a magnitude of like 50. So I was talking mm. with Monsignor Balducci at the Washington Press Club in D.C. I was doing a lecture. I think it was the ninth, uh, either the ninth or 10th uh, ex-conference. But anyway, doesn't really matter. I was, I was there doing a speech, and Paula Harris was there, and I wanted to talk to Monsignor because I had heard him say, that the Vatican had information and he only spoke Italian, by the way. And I speak zero Italian. Mm. There might be one word in there. And, um, but so I asked her, if she would translate. She had no problem. He had no problem. So we were having dinner and we were talking about this and it was a great conversation. And everybody at my table was really enjoying it. It was just fabulous conversation. And then at, on his own volition, without me pressing or asking him, he said that the Vatican believes that the aliens or <clears throat> a, a much spiritual evolution than we are, much higher spiritual evolution than we are. And uh, probably that's what they said, 50 to 100 fold more higher. And and he, he had mentioned, he said, you know, we have to look at how old humans are versus these aliens in space who are probably hundreds of millions of years old. Of course, they're going to be closer to God than we are because they've had more time to get there. True or not true, I have no idea because, I you know, I, I've never asked that question, but... I found it interesting that the Vatican took that hard line on that. So about a year later, I was talking mm -hmm. with the uh, Vatican's uh, astronomer. And so I asked him, I said, this is what mom seen you. But he said, oh, no, this is the belief inside the church. He said, you have to remember, Joe, they've known about aliens much longer than anybody wants to admit to. He said, at least a thousand years or more. He said, there's, there's artifacts all overlocked up downstairs, as he said. And he said, he said, I'll introduce you to some bishops. Uh, that will also show you the same the same belief that yes we believe that aliens are here and we do they also believe that they're created they're God's their creator they, he they just believe that they're closer to God than we are in the fact that they've just been around longer 
um, and they've had more time to find out who God really is. And then it gets confusing because when you ask them, do they believe in Jesus? Four of them told me this. Well, they didn't need Jesus like we did. Hmm. Shit like uh, that. Just, just, you know, cause you know, I was raised Christian, a, a Catholic and I'm like, what the hell? That's like mind ninja stuff. What kind of comment is that? Going on here, but you know, it, it's just unbelievable to hear someone that high up in the church admit to it. it it's just, it's just unbelievable. Mm. If you would even admit to that. And, um, Hmm. It, it, it's it's strange, but there yeah, they definitely do. So you know, and the Jewish have always believed it's it's never been a thing for them. It's the true. Muslims is Muslims don't necessarily believe, but the Muslims believe in genies and jinns, which are eh, kind of much the same damn thing. And they also believe in these these uh, what do they call them? Uh, they look like Borg ships, big square ships that the jinns live in that come come. So yes, I think they kind of believe too. Right. Uh, you know, so it's it's one of those things. And some worlds may have grown up without war and without fighting, you know. See, that's that's a thing. Humans have a bad uh, make bad assumptions sometimes to think that everyone in the universe started out like we did, divided. Mm. Well, that's not true. Some worlds may have been a single world from day one, right? You know, they they've already and they're probably got way more advanced for the simple fact that all their scientists were working on, you know, cures and medicines and not nuclear bombs to blow each other up. It's right. a different reality, so. So places like this who already believe and already are in love and already have the, the you know, the, the love, they don't really need anything else well, because, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, but I don't know. All I can say is ask the damn aliens. Well, his Ackman makes a good, a good point. They may not need Jesus because they may have access to the supernatural abilities that Jesus had, or in their case, it may be. Well, they definitely, if, if they can't do it, with that, they could do it with technology. So that's been an argument. So if you ever mm -hmm. see the late great planet Earth, they talk about 85% of prophecies always come true. So everything mm -hmm. that is prophecy, 85%, actually about 90% now has come true. But when right. they talk about miracles, they talk about how many miracles that man can reproduce himself today. So if you go back to the miracles that Jesus created, all of them can be reproduced today. Mm. Uh, the only only ones we can have been able to reproduce is, is curing the sick with a wave of our hand. But we can we can bring in fish with a wave of yeah, a hand and bring in about a tens of thousands. Technology and advancement. Let's face it, they didn't have it back then. No, they, they didn't. It. But that doesn't mean he did. <coughs> See, we we all assume that you know it's mm. so. How did does anybody know how Mary got pregnant? I do. Do I want to do this on my show? I'm just asking, does anybody know how she got pregnant? This is important if you if you do extraterrestrial work. It's an important thing. Where was she? How long was she missing? Things like that. You always have to take that into consideration. Mm. Hmm. But Gently I don't really care. <laughs> well, I don't personally care. I, I, I say this all the time at conferences and on television and everywhere else on radio. I tell everybody the same thing. What, believe whatever makes you feel as snug as a bug in a rug. It's important for you to feel safe and comfortable and loved. And whatever it takes for you to feel like that is what you should believe. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Well, I got friends that are devil worshippers that feel <laughs> loved and comfortable. So I don't know what to tell you. No, it's true. Bastards. If you follow, you know, the Luciferians, they, they've got it together. And you're, and you're right, Dana. If, if they wanted to kill us, we'd be dead. That's right. So this has always been another argument when people tell me, oh, they're here to eat us or wipe us out. Or they're here to save us and enlighten us. Okay. They've been here a long time. They haven't wiped us out. They haven't killed us. And guess what? They definitely have not enlightened us. 
So, no, they may be here to observe and a few other things. Uh, but some will tell you that they've been enlightened yeah, by their, maybe around. by the you experience. Know, that's the real problem. You know, when anybody tells me that, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, are you living on the same planet I am? I mean, come on, Putin's wanting to nuke us right now. Europe's mm -hmm. crashing all over the place. The world's basically, I don't want to say that on, on air, but it's in, in a bad place. <laughs> We're and, in so you can't, easy you can't, time. I'll leave it there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so you can't yeah. really say, and it's not just recently, it's been going on for 2,000 years at least. Well, really, if you go back to the Romans, 4,000 years. Mm. Sure, if you go back to the Egyptian and Sumerian, 6,000 years. So mm. the problem is, is we've never made that next step. We've never made the step and put our hands out, like America. America has mm. been powerful for a long time. We could have just put its hands out to everybody and said, let's be friends. Let's organize a one world government and let's just take the world on the way it should be. Let's get rid of, let's have one military that polices the planet and let's get rid of all that money that we spend. I mean, America's going to spend almost a trillion dollars on military. Worldwide, I think with all the countries, they're going to be almost three trillion. You could cure cancer if you did that every year. If you took all the scientists from all around the world and put them together and, and gave them all that money, they would have cured a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're just not there. So that's right. not enlightening me to me. To me, that's moronic. So when people tell me, oh, they're here to lighten us, I said, when is it going to happen? Mm. Where is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? It's, you know, maybe it's an individual belief. Maybe people, it's also an experience. Some people have horrific experiences. Some people have amazing experiences. Well, Alex. I yeah. would think... Yeah. Well, I am. You know, Alex, it's true. And cautiously, it's, Mr. It's true. It is true. But we don't have to have the Illuminati <laughs> one world government. There's other ways to do this. It's just, <laughs> this has to be a way because it can't keep going on, on 200 separate countries. It hasn't worked. And the whole time man existed. So it's not going to work in the future. And mm. we're never going to get to the things we need to do as a divided world. We can't get into deep space and colonize worlds when our own planet is divided because we get out there and piss somebody off. Uh, we're going to need the whole world's resources or really just to do general big colonization, except for Elon, he can do it by himself, but the rest of us mm -hmm. need to get together. Um, and we're nowhere near that right now. I mean, we're just not. Well, we you know, definitely people, need some kind of an intervention, <laughs> but the key is, is can said, we yeah. intervene ourselves? Can we do this ourselves or do we need help many people think no the aliens need to come and save us other people think no you know what maybe it is a matter of probably i mean we have nato you think this is this is a stage for everybody to be able all these countries to be able to come in and and get some resolution but that apparently doesn't seem to be a thing so i don't know will, what, will what, can what, aliens what? help us do they care enough to come and help us or are we all just like pretty so much well you know tam i've asked that question a lot of times and I get, stupid answers like, I, I get stupid answers like Fukushima, uh, you know, places like Chernobyl. They didn't intervene. And we're still, the West Coast is still being pounded by radiation even now from Fukushima. And right. there's nobody stepping in or enlightening us or giving us even the technology to clean it up. They're mm -hmm. not even slipping it to the government so we can clean it up. Because mm -hmm. in the end, and I hate to say it like this, in the end, they care about the people that are contacted. The other six point five billion, they don't give a ass about. How do you know that for sure? Actions speak louder than words, baby. Mm, they go. treat the contactees one way, and the rest of the world. Put it this way: there's four and a half billion people walking around with one of these right now. Why do we get less photos of UFOs today or yaps today than we did in the seventies when we barely had any cameras running around, or the fifties or sixties? Why is that? No, because the contactees already know. We already know they're here. Anybody who's been contacted, 
and has, has woke up, has, has awakened. They know they're here. They know part of their agendas. So they're not necessarily worried about where they're going to be. But the rest of y'all should be worried. It's, it's not that they're not mm-hmm. going to harm you, but they're going to watch you be harmed. The people who are going to get taken are going to get taken and, who are, and the rest of them, you know, they're not know, going to intervene. You have, you have researchers out there. And I mean, Preston Dennett is one. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I adore him. I love he, Preston. But he's- he, he, I do. I love Preston. He gives some really great um, insight. But I like it because it's not always a typical gloom and doom. He actually that's, has that's really true. great stories that are positive. But there are others like him who truly believe that you know ET cannot necessarily intervene. It's like that prime directive thing. But well, they would they would help if push came to shove. They were. Well, when we dropped two nuclear bombs on Japan, did they get involved? Hell no, they did no, not. But, they but were I probably think, up there going, ha look at these stupid humans. No, but you They're know what? They're going to drop a nuke. Look at this. <laughs> I think that that event sort of drew attention, more attention to us. Again, Chernobyl and Fukushima is, and, and Three Mile Island. These are all been major radioactive and they didn't step in. And let me tell you all something. If Putin launches a nuke, they're not going to intervene. Mm-hmm. So let me, there's another way to explain this. So if, if we wipe our whole cells out, they have the ability to clean up the planet quickly too. Mm-hmm. And they can just recolonize this planet. So basically for them, if we're going to survive, we've got to survive on our own. No planet or any planets, or any aliens that are out there, any other part of the council, any of that, they all came to power on their own. Right. And they believe in that. They, don't, they can push in pride, mess around, and see how we're doing and help us in certain areas, but they cannot directly interfere in what's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not going to. So, um, mm-hmm. and we can see that through, well, look at COVID. Mm. They, they don't get involved. I mean, on things that make a difference, they don't mm-hmm. get involved. Things that don't make a difference to the planet, they do get involved in. So they've mm-hmm. saved many contactees from death. We, but there's we, also we, the belief that some ETs are actually part of this shadow government or government are really high up well, no, that, that are yeah, making things go the other way. Why would any advanced species of any kind want to deal with our politicians? Well, I guess it depends if it's a control thing. Maybe the politicians. But why they don't? Need, they do not need our politicians for anything. The government cannot stop them from doing abductions. Right. They cannot stop them from doing anything they want. So, what need would they? I wouldn't. If I was so an advanced alien going to another world, why? Like Tamara says, do you think that the aliens can out? Well, they out could, the but why would they? They don't need to because you have to remember. Only only about 15% of the planet is contacted. The other 85% to them is cannon fodder. That, I think mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing for humans to understand is that 85% of y'all are dust. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They already know what's going to happen to you. They don't care. I find that's a bit harsh. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm I'm going to to say you Why know because there's, there's a lot of research out there where where I don't see you out there or, or researchers. Let's just say the, researchers. There's a lot of people who are saying no. You know they believe that. Of course because, they believe because they want to believe in. Look want, at when we did the gray zone. Y'all love, no, I want no, a teddy no, bear. No. Look at when we did the gray zone. Let's teddy face it, we're going back into ancient times here, where you know. Ancient cultures and civilizations spoke of their friends from the stars, coexisted with them. They 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 were taught by them. They emulated and them. You're proving my point. Did they ever stop the Romans from just sweeping across the planet, or no. the Greeks for that matter? Did they stop the burning there was evolution, of the Library though. of Alexandria? No, that set was, us back at least two thousand years. They didn't stop that. There was evolution that went on. There was between both species or races working 
together. And there's evidence of this all over the damn ancient world. Not so much working so, together. Do you think, well, okay. They, I mean, you know. The Sumerians say they created us as a slave race. Sure. But we're so going the back. Egyptians, let's let's the go back to even, you know, 1500 years ago, even with the Aztecs and the Incas and the Peruvians. I mean, there was, there's, 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 do you remember we did an episode of the gray zone and we had, we talked a lot about these ancient civilizations. There was the Hopi and their beliefs. And when they, they went underground and they were protected and cared for by what, who they call the ant people, which looked a lot like greys and in their imagery. Mm -hmm. um, what about in, in Peru when things got really bad there, then they had a reptilian. Go yeah, you down. know what they did? They took the people and left the other ones on the planet. In the well, end, in the end, this no, sounds a lot like religion, but in the end, mm -hmm. they're only worried about the chosen ones. The original ones that were taken, how many of it, tens of thousands of years ago, those family lines are the family lines they abducted even today. Mm. And that's the only families they're worrying about. The right. ones that are dead and the ones that interbred with other people, as long as you have those abilities, you know, you can't even be considered a contactee if you're not at least an empath. And mm -hmm. most of them want you to be an empath and a telepath. And no, there's no such thing as a latent telepath. Okay. Uh, I just need to make one quick comment because yeah. a lot of a lot of comments and questions are coming in. Guys, I just want to remind you there are eight chat rooms. It's like a super highway That's coming right. down to one Spit lane. It out so in there, people. I, I will I will get to, to everybody. Just be patient with me. I'm not trying to overlook anybody. Plus she's um, gonna shut me up long enough to talk. Yeah. So <laughs> so Alex says, has it ever occurred that they intervened enough to get us in a situation where we wipe ourselves out and then they can have free reign? Well, let me say, tell you this. If by some miracle the humans could could be, pull itself together and become a one race, a one race, because we are, after right. all, just one race. If we could become this run race and start exploring deep space and curing our planet and curing the people on our planet, um, then they may say, okay, you know, mm. once we get out into deep space and we can colonize, they'll come looking more serious at us. But we right. still have to be united here. They're never going to look at this planet seriously until it's a united planet. And they're not going to give us technologies that could kill them. Mm -hmm. No, you know, for sure. Just not, they're just not going to do that. They, they don't feel comfortable with us yet. And why okay. would you give anything to the American government? Oh, my God. I'm an American. I can, can tell you all that. <laughs> okay, next question. I remember being in a foster home in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, going to see a crop circle in 1975, question mark. I have searched since... <laughs> and I'm sure it happened, but found nothing. My dreams so, of aliens so, and UFOs leave me scared. Is a possible? I have a possible scoop mark and nasal issues on my paranoid. So, so let me ask you: now, did, you did you grow up in an orphanage in Canada? <coughs> this is really important because we 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 did a big research on this. A big there's a big thing about this. So I'm just curious. I mean, did you spend a lot of time in the orphanage in Canada? Um, because we've got. Almost 50% of our contactees from Canada grew up in an orphanage. Mm. So yeah. it's a very strange thing. It's a very weird thing. It was almost like, uh, almost like it was planted like that. Mm. Uh, yeah, the I Baptists believe everything is evil. Yeah, when I, when I left the Catholic Church, I went and did Baptists. I was like, well, y'all are no better than freaking Catholics. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's weird when we say that because I know when people tell me all the time, we're killing our planet. No, we're not killing our planet. We're killing ourselves. The planet ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Until we figure out a way to blow up the core, there's nothing to worry about. The planet will be here. It, it's just been five great extinctions on this planet already. 
I mean, we've had catastrophic meteorites, earthquakes, uh, tsunamis, and damn calderas go off. The planet's still here. We'll be the ones that are dead. <clears throat> and some other life form will come up behind us, whatever it may be, and replace us. And in 100 million years from now, they'll be asking the same questions we are. And, and mm -hmm. we don't know if there was uh, human life or intelligent life before. So we do know one thing. There's a map that Russians have. It's called the Pravda map. It's a map of the creator. This map dates back to about 120 million years, which, by the way, we weren't here then. So it does suggest that there was advanced life on this planet. Remember, and this map was taken from an aerial view. It was a resource map that when they found it, they took it from it. It was when it was made, it was made from an aerial view, a pretty high up aerial view, at least 2.5 mm. miles. So um, as far as I know, unless they were flying a um, pterodactyl, <laughs> I'm not sure how to get an aerial view. So it does suggest that there was someone here. And then there have been on three or four different locations, there's been footprints found underneath dinosaur prints. Now you got to watch. Some of these have been hoax, but they are some real. Uh, there's a set in Arkansas that's real. There's a couple of sets in different places that are actually real. They can't debunk them. So it does suggest that there was, uh, but they're gone. Whatever killed the dinosaurs killed them or they left. Maybe they were advanced enough to leave, but uh, a lot of people think they were the reptilians and they left and went home. They were just, they were just colonizing or they were well on their way to create a big colony here when the disaster came. Mm. Well, a lot of people think the graves of the humans were colonizing Mars and Venus. You have to remember, it wasn't just Earth that bit the big one. Mars was a, a lush green planet. They think Venus was a lush green planet. Earth was a lush green planet. All of a sudden, kaboom, all of them mm. bit the big one. Mm. Yeah. Well, they like to argue between, I love this one. Oh, well, there could have been lush between 55 million and 2 billion years ago. Well, you know, that's a big, <laughs> big place it's to big look place. around. I mean... It's, um, but if you, know. you dream about UFOs and you dream about them re regularly, you, you need to start writing it down more than likely you've been taken. It doesn't mean 100%, but usually contact manifest in dreams first. Mm. Uh, it can be daydreams, it can be night dreams, but it usually manifests there first. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where it tends to come out of because the ordinary person, especially if you're religious, has a hard time digesting this. And even though you, you're looking at these dreams, you can even see your – your position in these dreams, it's its just hard for you to think that first off, this is even happening to you and that aliens are even real. If you're a Christian, especially, it's hard to think that aliens are even real. Mm -hmm. So you have to deal with that and then you have to deal with what's going on. And then, because most of the time or about half the time, um, your spouse is not going to be a contactee. Now, it's changing as, as times move <laughs> forward. Contactees are finding each other. It's a little weird the way it happens. But there's still a good chance that your husband or wife will not understand if you tell them this, especially if you're just every ordinary people going to church, work and having kids. When you go say, hey, baby, you know, um, I think aliens have taken me. Really? Let's go to the nut house right now. I mean, it's it's Different it's a hard times, thing. You know, it, and, I mean, it, and it depends it, on the like person. Not everybody's going to be that way. Even talking about about seeing spirits and things like that would put you in a whole other category. So here's Look, another. Anybody seeing ghosts, I think, should be locked up anyway. So <laughs> here's another. Here's another. Um, just another twist. So you have a lot of <clears throat> because I do believe the paranormal true, and ufology bridge at some point. Do you think a lot of these people who are doing spirit communication, like through? Through ghost boxes that use frequency. I think they need to go see the Nutter House, is what I think. But that's do you think opinion. maybe they're talking to aliens and not 
Well, Jan, you already know my view on ghosts. <laughs> I know. I, know. I got a view on I'm ghosts that drives all paranormal people stay insane. Because <laughs> I can't help it. I, I think. <laughs> I, I, I love. <laughs> I it. love ghosties. That's all I can tell you. I'm, I'm a ghost lover. No, uh, I think it's a really good perspective. So say it. I think because I, I, I do lean towards that in, in well, many I, look, situations. Not all ghosts. Not all, but, but some. But I do believe a lot of ghosts are dimensional bleed through. It's, uh, especially since the veils are rubbing up on each other from time to time. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason I started thinking that was, is a friend of mine was seeing his daddy and his daddy had been dead for about five days and he kept seeing his daddy. And, and every day he would tell me what he saw. And I was like, that don't sound like your daddy. He said, look, just like him. Mm-hmm. But there was some of his traits he had and this, and his, this guy smoked a pipe. Well, his dad didn't smoke at all, but, but he was smoking a pipe. He said, well, maybe since he crossed over, he's smoking a pipe. So what it made me start thinking is, is when you're so distressed and the veils are so close that you can force yourself across. So you're, when you're talking to this person, it's actually your dad, but it's your dad from a different dimension. He's seeing you. You've done, hopped into your, your body on another dimensional plane, and now you're talking to your dad, and your dad's talking to you, and you're like freaking out because your dad's dead. But in this dimension, your dad is not dead. So remember, mm-hmm. does, we live in the multiverse now. We know that. So okay, we know there's lots of planes but by saying that, I don't want everybody to think that I think all ghosts are dimensional people, but I do think a lot of them are. Okay. I, especially the ones that do the looping thing. I think they're just somebody on another plane that we're catching from time. Or like to time. a replay? Yeah. So that I think is definitely a dimensional bleed through. I just, I keep, yeah. Well, if it's a bleed through, because I mean, in some replays, it is just that. It's an imprint just, in just time. That, yes. that it's just, just an imprint in time. Like a recording. But what about, I'll, I'll give you an example. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm like carrying my salt your, pistol everywhere I go. Your opinion on it. Now, on two separate occasions, my mother, um, which is why I can say with great credit because she's like of sound mind, but she said when my father was first, first moved to assisted living, because he has Alzheimer's, just for anybody wondering, um, she ended up with a visit one night and she goes, I was awake. Like I hadn't quite fallen asleep because she's just trying to get used to the fact, you know, it was her first week. He wasn't there. Oh, you so did not do that on this show. You can't see nothing. Don't even. Don't. Do, do. <laughs> That's okay. I, I'm waiting for my PayPal paycheck. Oh man. Crap. Listen, she gives me so much trouble about this. <laughs> anyway, you're freaking right. <laughs> Hey, I did not say anything about it. See, you're making a bigger deal out of it than I did. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we will talk about it. <laughs> anyway, she saw my father. He sat on the bed. The bed went down. She reached back because she thought, maybe I'm just seeing things. She touched him, and it was solid form, but it didn't. he didn't speak. And he just basically sat very silently. I'm like, my father is living. And he was living at that time. This has happened to her twice. And one of those times, the second time, she said his clothing just looked like it was too big for him. Mm-hmm. Now, in the paranormal world, they'll tell you it's a mimic, it's a demon, don't interact. But, you know, I, I mean, how how do you see this? It's not... Or is this I, I would definitely think that was dimensional bleed through. <clears throat> one of the right. problems with the paranormal world is the same problem ufology has. They're very dogmatic in their views. When someone comes up with something new, instead mm-hmm. of researching it, they want to fight about it. No, people, just, you know, sometimes you're going to learn new stuff. One of the things I learned about ufology is half of what I learned in the beginning was wrong. Um, now that I've been doing it for 40 years, it's a whole different view for me. But uh, same thing with the paranormal. A lot of what I earned early in the early days of paranormal turned out to be wrong. But 
the the field won't let it change because whatever happens to get you on TV or happens to you know make you get on a radio, that's what you want to talk about. Well, a lot of times you're just lying to people, you know. So you got to quit that. You got to do real research. It's like it's like poltergeists. Poltergeists are a lot of times are associated with alien contact. Okay, now there's two types of poltergeists, I guess. So the alien contact is like if you ever seen uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when it shows up and everything in the room starts moving around, doing and jumping off of shelves, and that's a poltergeist. But that's not a poltergeist caused by uh, spiritual activity. It's a poltergeist caused by whatever kind of fields the aliens use when they come on board, come into your house, and activates everything. But with the other kind, it's definitely caused by a spiritual, and a lot of times it's it's demonic in nature because it's throwing shit at you. Uh, so there are two different kinds, but people don't want to do want to just say it's one, one poltergeist. No, it's not, you know, well, well, poltergeist other, is like psychokinesis, right? That's yeah. So, dude. so that's what I'm saying. So anytime a ship gets near a house, a lot of times there'll be poltergeist activity, but it's not because of anything to do paranormal. It's just, well, I, I shouldn't say paranormal, but it's, it's just the ships, the, the, the fields of the ship cause things to fall off. Pots and pans that cling together, toys to activate cars to turn on and off, things like that. And that's that's just the field of like a ship. Footsteps or like. Oh no! See, I don't hear footsteps now. The, the chirping stuff and it. like clicking and. Um, well, you might hear clicking and stuff like that. Around. That's if the aliens. Yes, if the aliens are moving around your house, you might hear that. But um, sure but then do. when you get into the other kind of poltergeist. That's created by a ghost or a demon. It's a whole different thing, or an an an, 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 an uh, sorry, an unusually amount of paranormal activity sometimes can kick off a poltergeist. Mm. But those are different. They're not. There's no UFO involved in that. There's no spacecraft there. That's just something else. <laughs> it's Ghostbuster plasma, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not looking at that room no more. Yeah, look, everybody's in this room. You got to come over here. I'm ignoring y'all. And by the way, whoever said that uh, about the uh, UFOs actually being fallen angels, a lot of people believe that. But my question is: is why does it, why does a demon need a flying saucer? I mean, or, or I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, why would they need any of that? I mean, a demon's a demon. It just hops around between dimensions on its own. It don't need any flying saucers. And I got a question for y'all. When we leave this planet and go in space, demons are earthbound. So are they going to go into space with us? Because, you know, suppo- all demons are supposed to be earthbound. Uh, they can not attach to, to essence, to the physical. So I don't know if they but can it, attach but to They can attach to, to you, but if you leave the planet, you're, you're no longer earthbound. So I'm, I'm, will they just dissolve and, when they get into deep space? Because uh, they're no longer earthbound. I mean, the curse is to be earthbound. So if you leave earth, you know, that's the curse. So mm. you're just going to disappear. I've always wondered about that. It's just one of them stupid questions. It's just one of them things that people anybody want to do. chime in. Come on, I got a big chat room. Chime in. What are you, what are your thoughts? They're like they don't want to talk about that. They Joe's crazy talking about stuff like that. It's no, just it, weird questions. It is. You know, it's yeah. the way my weird old brain works. But um, yeah. these are things that can lead to other things as you're doing research. It's how we found that about the blood types and all of that by just nonstop asking questions, looking at things. It all the blood type study got started because I needed to find out. What percentage of people I could look at as for con- – because I figured it was going to be something like O positive or A positive because that's the majority, you know. Uh, those two make up like 70%, so I figured it's going to be those two for sure. I never thought it was going to be RH negative ever. I never thought that ever. And when it came out, I was like, wow. And then when we started seeing the mutation eye colors falling as well, it was really strange. So it tells me that 
how many ever thousands of years ago when this started, you know, a long time ago, most people don't know this, but a long time ago, we were brown haired, brown eyed, brown skin, or black eyed, brown hair and, and brown skin. That's who we were. That's the planet was like that. It wasn't diverse like it is today. Uh, then all of a sudden, for some weird reason, whoever you want to say brought in RH negative, brought in RH negative. And when that happened, it was a mutation. So it was a mutation blood type, which also kicked off eye color mutations, skin color, hair color. It just changed the way we were. But the weird part about this is, is no one, I've talked to a lot of hematologists about this, and none of them can tell me why it happened, why Mother Nature would even consider creating RH negative since it's a baby killer. And it's a big baby killer. I mean, y'all youngins don't notice, but in the old days, we used to have to get blood tests to get married because we had to know That's we were compatible. True. I had to do it. Yeah, we had to know we were compatible to make sure that the child wouldn't be born still. Because I was, yeah, I was RH, or I am RH negative. Yeah, and then somebody somebody invented the, the RH, I mean, the antidigen D gene came from a gentleman in Australia. And now, you know, you can get a shot. But yeah, why would Mother Nature create this, especially so far back? So why would it want to kill babies? Was it kind of trying to cull the population even when there was no population on the planet? I mean, mm. you go back 40, 50, 100,000 years, the population's under 2, 3 million. <clears throat> so you don't, I mean, it's a big planet. What's 3 million? I mean, there's more than that in most cities. So what would it cause it and why would it cause it? And then we find out, even though it is a baby killer, it's the purest form of blood known to man and it's the universal donor. Mm -hmm. So did, did, who knew this? How did this happen? Mm -hmm. something either mother nature or something decided to intervene and, and change us. And there's a weirdness because RH positive people have 2% Reese's monkey gene. RH negative people do not. And they yep. have distinctively distant personalities. If you, if you know people who are RH positive, RH negative, you, if you pay attention, you will notice they have different types of personalities. And you will also notice that green and blue eyed people uh, make up 50% of everybody who works in Hollywood and 50% of the politicians and only makes up about 6% of the population. So you figure out why. Well, I is. also, I remember reading um, a research article where they believe that RH negative people could get HIV, but not full blown AIDS either. That there's certain illnesses that they just don't seem to get. And that was one of them. Like, well, they, they, at first they were going around saying, Oh, negative people couldn't get, COVID, no, doctors got on and said, no, no, no. But they found out that the RH negative people got COVID far less than anybody else on the planet. And it did far less damage to those people. Hmm. It's not just that. There's other diseases that that blood type seems to be either immune to or, or That's what I was with. saying. Like yeah, with so, HIV, they could, like, we could get HIV, but apparently not AIDS. Like yeah, it just doesn't progress past a certain point for myself so, i rarely yeah. get sick even yeah. rarely get sick yeah so, so it, there's some kind of some kind of built-in immune factor in there <clears throat> they still don't know what it is but it's, it is fact it's not fiction mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. all of these things involved what does this mean for earth and, and, and who did it you know we always make fun that uh a is the human aliens b is the reptilians and o is mm -hmm. the uh grays and uh and that's they introduce it because it's funny if you go back in history You'll see a lot of reptilians and a lot of humans all throughout ancient worlds. But you don't see the greys until just before the emergence of Christ. About 200 years, you start seeing it apply in Egyptian hieroglyphs and different temples. But not until then. There's no way they mm. show up anywhere before that. Some people say maybe they were the Naskins. But when you find out how the Naskins border their children's heads. So greys' heads are like this. The human alien's head is like this. 
So it looks like us in the front, but its head goes back about this much further than ours does. So there's lots of those. You see them in Nazca, but you also see them where else? In Egypt. Remember, they said it was some kind of disease, but only the pharaohs had? Kind of funny that uh, the rule and body, and they were tall and lanky. Sounds a lot like a human alien, that, mm. a hybrid. So mm. it looks like these aliens interfered early on. And that's probably why they can't interfere because if Graves were probably sent here as a policeman saying, what the are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know you're not supposed to be doing this. Well, you're creating slaves. Now you got a race running around because the reptilians interbred with them. So now they're they're yes. sentient. Yes. What the oh, hell is this? Them we're underground that have always been here as yeah. well. Well, a lot, um, a lot of people do think that. Just quickly to get to Kira, um, AB, the AB blood type, whether it's positive or negative, is the rarest. Ah, but that's actually not true. And you want well, to know why? Anything I read says it's no, true. No, no, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you why it's not true. AB negative and AB positive can take O negative as a donor. But right. O negative cannot take anything but O negative. So that's technically, right. it is the rarest form of blood because 1.5 and 7 makes what? 8.5%. Mm-hmm. But 7% is still just 7%. So AB and, and AB negative are 1.5% of the world's population, but they can take O negative, which is 7%. Okay. So that makes so let's them look, 8.5. Let's look at the O negative from any, also people bastards. I know who are O negative. So I can't speak for everybody, just some of the research that I have studied and from people who I know who are O negative, They're very evil. sickly, very sickly. They've had a lot of like, the, the only thing that makes them rare is the fact that they can be you know they can give their blood but many of them are very sickly i mean they get something and they're, they're down all the time my grandfather was an o negative i've had friends who are o negatives family members who are an o negative and compared to those of us who are not because i'm a negative and i don't hardly ever get sick but they are sick often headaches anxiety depression like they just seem to be susceptible to everything well, what, what we've learned about the negatives anyway is that um, it's a weird thing. So either half of them are, are like get great health and half of them get crappy health. But O negative still outlives anybody else. So it's, it's a weird thing. It's hard to understand. So what I found over years is a lot of O negative people are really healthy, just like A negative and B negative mm-hmm. are really, really healthy. But about half the other population is not. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to be a middle ground like the art is with positives. There seems to be a middle ground. Some mm-hmm. are healthy, some are kind of, and some are bad. But with o, with the negative people, it's not like that. It's either you're really good or you're really bad. Right. Uh, I don't know why. It's just it's weird like that. What is my son? My son is uh, o, he's O blood, and he gets his Rh factor from his mother, which is positive. So he's O positive. But his daddy is not. His daddy's also O because he has to be O because you have to be the father's blood type. But you don't have to be the Rh factor. Yes, it's a little weird, but you, so you have to be whatever the father's blood type is, but not the RH factor. So you, just because you're you're maybe A negative, your son has to be A, but he could still be A positive as long as somebody in the family line was positive, mm-hmm. or the father was positive, or the you know. So anyway, it's I learned more about blood than I ever cared to know. I spent mm-hmm. years with these hematologists working. There's a whole section on the ICAR site about it. I mean, we even got it to where what's great about here's one for y'all. So everybody knows we got a reptilian section in our brain, right? So it's just strange enough to know we have that. And without that section, we're little whiny wimps. And it's not just that, we're less intelligent without it. So it's something that we have to have. 
Um, but here's something weird for y'all. Did so most of the world is when you look at blood types, it's 36% this, 35% this, 8% this, 10% this, 12% that. Except for Central and South America, which is 98% O. Now that's unheard of. That's not even nobody can even figure out how it happened. 98% of only 2% of their population is other than O. Mm. I don't know. And I, when I was, and I asked this hematologist, but he said, no one knows, Joe. He said, no one knows how it happened. They said, maybe when they came over, those families were just, Oh, and they just spread from them groups. He said, but I don't think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. they, they really think it's something else. They think there's some kind of intervention, but nobody knows what kind. Mm -hmm. If you dream about alien craft on a regular basis, Kendall, you're, you're probably been taken. Mm -mm -mm. There we go. Wayne says primitive people who may have witnessed a craft coming from the sky could easily see these beings that emerge from a craft that truly couldn't be understood would see these beings as gods. Maybe yes, that's, that's you know, things that came from sky was referred to as heaven, 100%. Well, in, in the in the Mesoamerican and the Native American, you can see it more than you do in the Europeans for some reason or, or even in the Middle East. But right. the Mesoamericans, you really see this a lot. They're, they're, they talk about these gods from the sky that intervene. Kupla Kod is a bunch of them, actually, but they talk about this. And the Naskins build great lines that can only be seen from high up in space, complete. I mean, high up in, in the atmosphere to see them completely. They border their children to look like their gods, which coincidentally looks like a human alien. And some and of it, those aliens were found in caves in, in Nazca. Mm -hmm. If you remember, we covered that. And then we've got well. then we've got his brother, which y'all can't see at the moment. The uh, the alien the alien skull, star child skull. Now this isn't this isn't a real one. This is just a replica. Classic. So, but I met Lloyd Pye in a little Taiwan diner in a place called Metairie, Louisiana, outside of New Orleans. We we all met, and uh, he brought the skull with him. So he brought a replica, and he brought the real. One. He didn't tell me he brought the real one until later, but he brought a replica. It was wicked looking, and it was very very light. And we were talking about it. He said, "Well, let me." He said, "Joe, you look like you can be trusted." He said, "So he takes this other bag and he hands me this skull." So I pick it up. This skull is about yay bigger. It's like twice the size of this one, twice the size of a human brain easily, all the way around, maybe three times. I pick this thing up. It is light like a feather light. So he shows me, we're looking inside, there's little pockets of air all strewn out through this thing. It's a whole different design than our skull. Uh, it's entirely different. So this thing's been tested many times over the years. It always comes back. Part of it is human, but they don't know what the other part is. So it was a hybrid of some kind. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it was alien because there's been, which we don't like to admit, but there's been several offshoots of man like Neanderthal, but there's been other ones besides that. And uh, it could be just some weird hybrid. But they said whatever it's where its frontal lobe and all was, it said it would have been more, much more intelligent than any of us. But it was killed as a child and the mother was killed with it. Mm. Uh, they know that much, but nobody knows what it was, where it came from or who who killed it or, or who it belonged to, what tribe it belonged to. But there's lots of weirdnesses like that in South America. There's a right. whole group of people down there that actually have a different skull than the rest of us on the planet. do. Mm. So it seems like the aliens in the old days used to intervene. They used to get involved. But that's uh, what I'm saying. Ancient, But they don't anymore. Ancient cultures all over the world talk about intervention, shared technology, shared knowledge. The Gnostics, you know, were well aware the beings from the sky. This is and awesome. You, that you, they were I, and I can even give you, now. I can even give you the year it stopped. 
that's how easy that's how easily this can be tracked i can give you the year it stops mm. it'll stop with the birth of the, the birth of christ the reptilians went from being a loved and revered thing and the bringer of life around the whole world to the enemy mm -hmm. so if you look at mesoamerica or anything even egyptian stuff prior to the birth of christ that was two thousand years ago they were revered the reptilians were revered if you look at the reptilians today they're hated they have never done us anything, so why are they are now? What what changed? The only thing we know of changed was the birth of Christ, mm. and um, it's, and it's about the same time the graves showed up. Now, here's a, a a good point. I wanted to I wanted to bring that up because with the Book of Enoch, for example, Enoch with his feet firmly planted upon the ground walked with the angel. The angel showed Enoch the kingdom of heaven in the palm of his hand, which we know sounds a lot like showing somewhere you live in the picture library of your book, mm. sharing images where you live, misunderstood technology. Um, good night, Alex. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Alex. slumber. Rest, <laughs> um, Alex. Peace, brother. Sorry, so, so you know what? Like, it does sound like a lot of misunderstood technology for sure. Um, quickly, Mary. So my question on alien crafts and dreams is answered. I'm not alone. I say you're not alone. <laughs> Just I say you're not alone too. I lost I lost an extremely high paying job because one afternoon talking with one of my sub sub managers, I said it's possible that Jesus was an astronaut. It cost me big bonus. Well, they ended up giving me my bonus anyway, but it cost me my job, uh, which these people loved me. They didn't want me going anywhere, but they were very, very, very religious. Mm. They adopted ten kids. They went to retreats every weekend. It was my bad for saying it. And as soon as I said it, whoever it was, was one of the managers, ran right uh, to the owners and told them. Mm. And I just got a raise two days earlier. I'm not kidding you. Two days earlier. So the, the, the wife of one of the owners, the chain, came in and said, Joe, we love you. You've done us a great job. You've turned these stores around. But we just don't see you going forward with this. Mm. She it's said, tough. Yeah, she, it's they tough. gave me a great severance package. I should have sued them for, for it. I really should have. But. You know, it was my own stupidity. So, but they gave me a great service. But still, to this day, if you call them, they give me a great recommendation. At they, the end they, of the day, you know, um, religion is religion. The faith system is a faith system. Some people have, you know, they're, they're really um, hardcore about it. I mean, we, wars have been waged over religious belief systems. Yeah. You know, it, it's that's that's just the way of the world. I mean, we see it happening see, that, all the time. And that's a good point. One of, one of my things always have been a sore spot with me with all three of the major religions, which is the Jews, the, the, the Christians, and the uh, Muslims, is that in every one of their religions, they kill millions of people. Mm. So I just can't see an omnipotent super being God being okay with that. I just can't see it. And, and if the God is truly existed. Is the belief system of free will? Yeah, but as I exactly that. I mean, but if I was a creator and I was watching, in my name, millions of people being killed, I'd have to stop it. I'd have to say mm. no. This is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, either I, I would either just downplay the religion or come in and tell people, look, this is how it's going to be. But mm. you can't, you can't. You know, people tell me all the time, free choice is free choice that. Yeah, well, free choice is fine. So let me tell you, free choice. I give you free choice. You want to shoot me with your gun or not? No, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, not my choice. No. So. No, it's it's just a tough thing. Uh, I think I think we need to to you know maybe look at the fact that we'll go out we'll go off into a different direction a little bit and sign of the times. <clears throat> I think right now. Well, that's a understatement, Ron. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sign of the times. So, 
are people, because let's face it, there were UFO sightings going back. We see it in hieroglyphs. We see it in paintings. We see it everywhere. And things changed. Cultures went from being comfortable with, with you know, extraterrestrial races to being not comfortable with it. Um, but I find now, and just I want to go back to the comment you made when you held up your phone and say, why are we not getting more? Um, but people seem to be having experiences. Do you think they are just reporting more experiences because they they're more knowledgeable, they feel more comfortable about it? Actually, the amount of experiences think, are down. I was talking or, with some, I was talking with two big groups the other day. Their amount right. of people writing in about being contacted is actually down. Right. And uh, and that's kind of bothered me too. I'm kind of wondering why the shift. Ours is about the same. It's a, it's we get X amount a year, and that's what we've been seeing pretty much X amount a year. But everybody else I've talked to said they've dropped 15, 20%. And maybe it's because the Z Geners are scared to talk about it. And, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, people are, are awakening. I think people are becoming more receptive to it. As I mean, from the guests that I've had on the show or people who I've communicated with, it's almost like we might be, if we could take out the fear factor that the governments or the military are trying to raise these, these, these flags. It's not like I don't understand the concern with national security and things like that. I do. That's not, I, I want to veer away from that. But I think if we could take that fear out of the equation, I think people are starting to be a little bit more relaxed about it. You know, like there's just sort of like, it's like we realize there's something more there. We're evolving, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I find that with people who are touched by the, by, I hate to say the word paranormal, but everybody else, nope, they're still ignorant. Mm-hmm. They're still ignorant. When you, if you, if you, I mean, look at our, our, our look at the U.S. government. So they're going to go study YAP. Okay, first off, why are you going to call it unidentified aerial phenomena? Because YAP is just sounds stupid. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, UFO is bad enough, but YAP just sounds ignorant. So, and then our government's conclusion is there's all this tons of footage that the U.S. government's got, and the British government's got, and the French government's got, and the Mexico government's got, and the Canadians government. Oh, it's it's not alien. Well. What the hell is it? If it's not alien, then you must know what it is. I mean, if you're telling me it's not alien, then what is it? Maybe it's not even reverse technology. I've learned something about our government a long time ago. They use this a lot to hide projects they're working on. Stevensville is a perfect perfect case. Stevensville was an Aurora craft. We know for a fact now it was. They still say it was some type of UFO. And MUFON helps them with it. MUFON's just as guilty as they are. Mm. Because we investigated it. It took all of what five hours to find out that it had rivets on it and it was chase planes with it mufon did like a 10-day investigation didn't find out any of that or that or the whoever's in charge didn't want to announce it but that's a Maybe perfect example they said came. oh they said it was a ufo so nobody mm-hmm. paid any more attention to it the news ain't going to care but now if somebody would have said oh it looked like it was ours and it was aurora craft the media would have been all over it right and wait, what's even worse than that is there was an F-16 flying, a group of a flight of F-16, which is about 12. And this thing was headed for George Bush's ranch while he was president. And no one seemed to even worry about it. Yeah. And wait, it was in a no-fly zone, not even two miles from two nuclear power plants or two nuclear reactors. Right. This is right, a complete right. no-fly zone. We'll shoot you down for flying a plane that close to a nuclear reactor. But nobody even seemed to care. Stevensville, there's a reactor. I mean, wow, it's like two miles away from where this happened, maybe three. Uh, we went to drive and check it. As a matter of fact, I even got a tour of the place. I mm-hmm. told them why, what I was doing there. And they said, you want to tour? I'm like, sure, man. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So, so that's what I'm saying. Maybe a lot of what we see in the skies, it's a us. A lot of what we see is us. It's, it's so us. that's why it's so important when I tell people when they want to get in the field, it's so important to start back three, four, or 5,000 years ago. And the reason why is I think the earliest flight was like 18 something when somebody invented the, the hot air balloon. But before then, there should be nothing flying in the sky. Now, there's lots of, of, of religious pictures where you see people flying and craft in the skies. There's mm. lots of other accounts like the mayor, the mayor and uh, the mayor of London talking about these things, these orb things that came floating to us through his town that had people in it. And there was an artist that drew it, but it wasn't not just them too. Over ten thousand people reported seeing it. It made even made the, the London paper at that time. You and I have have done article. We're going to have to do a show specifically on this. Do you remember when we we touched on airships that went back to the fifteen hundreds? That these were old wooden boats, and people were dropping down from them. They were in the sky. And this, we're going back to medieval times and people are like, what the heck is that? Do you remember where it was that small town and a guy just dropped in and, and their, their hook line hooked onto a church door? Like Yes, but like, was, that a, was that a memory and not a real thing? That's a real Or was curve. it dimensional? It could have been dimensional too. It could have been any but of those. the thing is, is it was still something in the sky that was witnessed by many people. But there are there are <clears throat> tons of discs flying around. I mean, there's a there's, there's a war. It was in the Middle East. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite ones. Uh, the siege had been going on for three years, and then some one day, out of the blue, this shield-looking thing comes floating across the sky, floats up to the gate. A blue beam comes down, blows the gate to shit and back. And what's great about this story is both the enemies. And the conquered set talked about it. Oh, is this Sodom and Gomorrah? Yeah, um, I can't remember. I have, I, it's written Sodom by and Gomorrah. Yeah, but both, they said religious. both both people said the same thing. Yeah. A flying shield came up and blew the gates open, and uh, that was the end of that. Now, okay, first off, there was nothing flying back in the sky back then. No, and and we're talking about some kind of really advanced technology when a blue beam of light comes down and blows something apart. Yes. We still can't do that right. today. But they're not even the only ones. The Sumerians talk about. It. I see Maria area had posted about uh, things in the Egyptian hieroglyphs. There's lots of stuff that suggests UFOs, but there's also some weird stuff in the hieroglyphs that suggests that somebody had visited the future. There was yeah. pictures of helicopters and That's jet right. planes and stuff like That's that. And uh, and, but you got to be careful because one of those hieroglyphs was a hoax, but one of them was real. That was Seti's tomb, I think. Yeah. In Egypt. So, I mean, there's some really advanced stuff. And then it looks like the Egyptians had a command of electricity of some sort because there's many drawings of these tube looking things that are about this long and about mm -hmm. they're this big and they put an eel in them, but they always have a cord going from it and they made light. So mm -hmm. they had the eel, like an electric eel showing you it made light, but I, I think it was some type of electricity that somebody figured out how to make. Well, technology they breathe in all of these places. That's what I'm saying. Technology was taught. It was shared. You know, we seem to be a lot more relaxed with things back then than we are even today. It's almost like we need to go back do like full well, because God's God's yeah. visiting back then wasn't a big deal. God's visiting today is a big deal because mm -hmm. first off, most of us are not going to think it's God's and no. 5 billion of us are going to be going, what the hell was that? Who are you and why are you on our planet? And we're mm -hmm. going to want answers. And then our governments are going to freak out because they can't give us answers. Well, I think then, then I think that answers the question. Um, maybe they, it was more accepted and maybe an ET came and interacted more because we didn't have the technology that could destroy them, that could destroy the planet. I mean, they still fought amongst one another. You know, you had, you had different civilizations and tribes um, in fighting things like that much like today, but they couldn't do damage on a, on a planetary scale. 
that we know of, because let's face it, how many extinctions we've gotten into, how many shows on Greystone did we do that talked about ancient technology and out-of-place artifacts that were found going back 300 million years yeah, ago? Oparts are very strange people. They, I mean, there's yeah. stuff that we yeah. find from time to time that no one can explain how it got there. Right. Anytime you find something way down in the bottom of coal, embedded in a coal, you know it's several million years old. I mean, nobody's, we didn't have cogs and stuff back then unless no. there was somebody we didn't know we're about. like, what, third, fourth kick of the can? <laughs> I think we're a sixth, if I remember <laughs> there you right. Go. There you go. And you look at Hamilton. When Hamilton White was on the show last year, he basically showed an artifact that he had that was given to him back in the 70s, which was, in fact, a Baghdad battery. There was one that was found somewhere along the line. It disappeared. He's got one. And Men in Black showed up. Yeah, because they want to know what the hell it is. Yeah, they want to know what the hell it is. They just Go check out the archive, guys. It's amazing. He shows it. Yeah, th things like that, they, they want to know what it is because they don't know. Yeah. And that's another thing. The, the government's not really – they don't really know much about aliens. They want you to think they do, but they don't. Mm. They wouldn't be abducting people if they did. There would be no reason for military abductions if the governments really knew what was going on, but they don't. Governments are just as dumb as the rest of us. The aliens have no need to talk to the government. They don't want to talk to our government, and they have no need to. I think they learned the lesson with the Germans. There does seem to be, at the turn of the last century, uh, a century before last, uh, there does seem to be some type of contact around 1900 in Germany. It looks like they contacted them and gave them advanced technologies. Because the Germans spent from, what was it, 1911 to 1916 building flying saucers. Mm -hmm. Never got any of them to work, but they did. And then again, when Hitler took over, they were doing them yet again. And you have to remember, at the turn of that century, they were by far the most advanced country in the world. Not the United States, not Canada, mm -hmm. not anybody. They were by far the most advanced, and they were even the most advanced until the end of World War II. So anytime if any race was going to come visit the most advanced, it wasn't going to be us. It was going to be them. And mm. a lot of the research they do is weird because, you know, when you hear about things with the aliens, about telepathic abilities and empathic abilities and twin abilities, you know, it, it's strange. All of a sudden, out of the blue, the Germans decided, I think in 1940 or 1939, to start taking people and checking these abilities out. Mm -hmm. They knew the abilities were real. Even the U.S. government has these organizations that work with these abilities now. So, and y'all can look that up for yourself. The Air Force and the Navy both have a telepath program. They closed the remote viewing program for a telepath program instead. Mm -hmm. um, and I do know why they closed it. So, actually, I talked with Ed Dames about it. Um, actually, I think it was that we were in coast to coast together. And uh, we talked about it. But he said, and I, and I had told George in the beginning, I felt like, Telepaths have a much clearer view than a remote viewer does. So remote viewers can pinpoint locations and buildings and missiles and stuff like that. But telepaths can re also find the missile, but they can also watch the guy punching the code or read the code and stuff like that, which is something remote viewers can't. So they became much more used. Remember, most telepaths can see through someone else's eyes. So whatever that individual is seeing, they're seeing. So... And they also have the ability to read their mind. So that a lot of stuff can be gleaned that way. Mm -hmm. and, and over the years, I'm sure we've developed ways to block it <laughs> and stuff like that. And we do know when they do military abductions, they use a mix of sodium anisol, sodium pentothal, and hypnosis. But they also use a hypnosis who someone who can do, who has telepathy. So they do a, a low telepathy scan along with the hypnosis and those two drugs. And look, you give them your baby. 
I'm not shitting you. You'll give them your baby. Um, I can do, I can do all of it. And, and trust me, you'll give them your baby. It's uh, so when they get through with you, you just, whatever they put there is what you think's going on. And generally it's some stupid memory. You had to blow out this, something happened. That's, I mean, it's that's just, the problem too. So you, you know, all of these, these abductions or contact happens. Does ET really want to scrub your memory or are we talking military? No, that's the government. They they want, see, they ET, want ET don't do it anyway. ET loops your memories. They, ETs found, found out recently about a decade ago, we found out that ET reacts to abduction researches, which is weird because they don't a- a- react to UFO research. It's like they don't care. But what mm-hmm. happened was, okay, in the old days, classic things, trigger memories like hoot owls and deers and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, missing time. Starting around 1998, we started seeing way less cases with missing time. We couldn't, we, abductions going away. We were like, what the hell is going on? And then we realized something that there is no such thing as a cover memory. They were trigger memories. Hmm. So what the ET does, and this is only for people who have shown some kind of interest, they'll give you like a picture of the ship or they'll show you this or show you that. Something that will make you try to figure out like a weird deer, we are an owl, big owl standing in window. It makes you start picking it apart so you can figure out what it is. But that's only for people who have showed interest and have not panicked or freaked out. So they, so they allow you to work it out till you figure out what it is. Uh, it's a great program the way it works. But they use loop memories when they don't want you to do anything. And loop memory is something like you drive to the store every day, you drive to school every day, you drive to work every day, you vacuum your house. Whatever you do on a regular basis that you don't think about. It's something that you just don't think about. It's a memory that mm-hmm. It's just something, oh, it's I'm routine. cleaning my it's house. Just something that comes it's, it's any, anything right. that you do that you're not going to question. Right. That's what they do. So when they take you, they just loop that memory. So that's what you think happened in that time. So you don't know any better unless something weird happens. And every now and then something weird happens. Somebody will come in when you were supposed to be there and you're not. Uh, you may be going to pick up something every day like like the lady, the pregnant lady used to stop and get, this is hilarious. This woman's eight months, seven months pregnant. She used to stop every morning and get a Coney dog, chili, cheese, and onion every morning. Actually, since she was six months, she'd get it. I'm like, you're going to kill that damn baby. I knew this woman. <laughs> anyway, long story short, a couple of months, about a year after she had the baby and all, and she's health, baby's healthy and great. She calls me up and she said, oh, you know what? I stopped and got me a chili Coney dog this morning. It was fabulous. I said, really? She said, yeah, the only problem is the store has been closed for six months. <laughs> So that's a, that's just one of them things they effed up. They didn't realize they don't know the store is closed, so they just used the memory that she's fond of that she used a lot, and she remembered. And they, they, and, and 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 sometimes they make boo boos. Aliens aren't perfect. So then and, the 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 brain scrubbing that's a that's a milab. That's milab, yeah. Because yeah. the government don't know how to give you, they're, and they're generally sloppy. That's why they started using uh, drugs and an empath. I mean, uh, yeah, empath or a telepath. Mm-hmm. Is so that they could they could correct the way because a telepath can get in your head while they're doing the memory and see how your brain's reacting to it, so they can adjust it as they go. So it makes it a lot harder for you to remember now. They can be broke; they're not that hard to break, but you have to know they're there. So, mm-hmm. and and I'll tell you this: if anybody's thinking about getting hypnotized, know this: once the cat's out of the box, there's no putting it back in. Whatever it is, and a lot of times it's not going to turn out to be abduction. It could be some type of molestation. It could be some kind of beating. It could be a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be some some fear like your dad died or something. It could be anything. It so doesn't always have to be alien. Do you think that that we we can substitute some of those memories ourselves 
to mask trauma. Yeah, because what would you so a really horrible trauma that you don't want to remember yeah. anymore. So you just make an alien abduction, which is another horrible trauma, but it's not near as horrible as the mm. one you're masking. And unfortunately, right. that happens about forty percent of the time. Right. It's, it's sad, and it's nothing we can do about it. We're not psychiatrists, so all we can do is refer you to someone, and mm-hmm. that's what you have to do. But again, once the, once it's out the box, it's out of the box, you're going to have to deal with it. Now, whatever it is, you're going to have to face it mm-hmm. and deal with it. And it's the same thing. Even when you find that it is an alien abduction, already- at that point, you're still going to have to deal with it. You know, well, Mary, when you were talking about the Egyptian hieroglyphs, here's one for you. The Dogon talk about a flying saucer that came to their world, landed, then went into the water and then reptilians came walking out and gave them all their secrets, told them about the dog star and how mm-hmm. blood circulates. It's a great, you ought to read it. It's a great story. I'm yeah. sorry, man. Yeah. Or check out the gray zone show when it gets to Roku. Cause we, yes, it's we on there too. cover a good, we covered that on a couple of mm-hmm. different segments um, in great detail. It's really fascinating. Um, my thing is, is when that, you know, if you're getting your memory scrubbed after a while, how much of it are you actually going to have left? Okay, that's another thing. They're not going to do it that often because it doesn't first take off, that much. First off, it's your mouth that got you in trouble. Okay, and this I tell this to contactees all the time. You know, once you start going public, you know, if you start saying, you know, like you've seen certain parts of the ship or you've been allowed to interface with this part of the ship or that part of the ship or you've had downloads or things like that, anything that they might be interested in, they're going to come get your ass. That's as simple yeah, as Yeah, but it. in the same respect, you're the one that said, go public, protect yourself. <laughs> like, no, actually, okay. I don't tell people that. All I right. tell people all the time. Oh, you keep certainly it in your family. told me that. <laughs> well, because you're already public, doofus. Uh, for us. <laughs> that shouldn't matter. It's a private experience. So listen, for all of us, for, for people like Michelle and I, we have to be public because, you know, it, it's the only thing that keeps us safe. And, and since we're regularly on the radio and TV, it keeps us even safer because if something weird goes on, you know, our followers and friends are going to be like, well, wait a minute, that's real out of character for them. Or if we start acting mm-hmm. weird or they'll notice it. So for mm-hmm. us, it's important. But for people that are not on the radar, the best thing for you to do is not get on the radar. Uh, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. think they're going to get famous by this. And you know what? You might, but you may pay for it in spades if you do. So just mm-hmm. keep that in the back of your head. Um, right. and, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on. There's a lot of stuff right. associated with this. Um, I tell people all the time, be be careful what you wish for. Okay, Tamara is at, we will pick Tamara, this up. Tamara, Tamara is giving me the remind because Bubbles isn't here. So <laughs> so coffee, she's she's kind of like the third host. So for anybody who's just tuning in, uh, you are tuning into the outer realm and you are listening to Can you get it in without spilling it? For my guest host, <laughs> Joe Montaldo. And we are talking about everything from um, alien abductions. We're talking about ancient aliens. We're talking about different, you know, reverse technology. We're talking about all kinds of things. Uh, so if you have questions, pop on into one of the eight chat rooms and just put your questions or your comments. And we're trying to address everything. But again, remember, we've got eight chat rooms. It's like a big super highway coming down to one lane. So you just have to be patient with us. Uh, we're doing our best. Now, you are, of course, um, or we are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network. Thank you, UFO Ron. Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people at Folgers Coffee. Uh, we're so grateful to have them. They've been with us since day one, and we appreciate the faith that you've put in us. We love you. Uh, obviously, our our listeners love you. Our guests love you. 
So thank you. Also, Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, uh, for his contribution of his time, for his music and his voice for our intro and outro. And of course, Steve McGinnis, who is the man behind the artwork here on the Outer Realm. So for those just tuning in, it is not too late to get into the chat room and get your questions and comments in. And Tamara, thank you for the remind. Uh, Ron posted the first day of the moon was 1783. So there you go. Should be nothing flying in the sky before that, not much after that. And before anybody writes to me about the Texas airship, Texas, the Texas airship was after this date. It was like 18, I have to go look it up, but it was in the 1800s. And, uh, well, a lot of people said it was the U.S.'s attempt to build a dirigible. Uh, mm. I have no idea. I wasn't there. I don't know. Yeah. But it is yeah. interesting. And there has been radiation found in the areas. And, uh, Jimmy, I talked about that last night. Yes, about the um, wrong chat room, Jimmy. No, he he started. Well, no, he's actually been bitching at me for a little while now about uh, the cattle mutilations. You know what? I actually (laughs) told a friend of mine today, y'all should write to Carlson Tucker and tell him what really happened instead of BS stories he learned about. It has nothing to do with aliens. Cattle mutilations have nothing to do with aliens. Just nothing. That's right. There we go. So yes, what's happening now? Hello. Uh, so yes, Mary says I don't remember much before the age of seven. About the, it was about the time I swear I was taken to this crop circle again, roughly seventy-five. So would that be a memory wipe? If you were taken by a military, I've taken to asking questions now when I work with people. They take Michelle all the time. It's, it confuses me because I'll tell her something and I'll see her again. I say, "Remember?" She's like, "No." I'm like, "What do you mean, no?" And I see her again. She's Michelle. like, no. I'm like, oh my God. First, I thought she was going to see now, but now I know they it is. They take like, care of me. Bob the Great goes him and on visits the ship. her they take all care the of me. time. <laughs> I don't even know what they're doing in Pool Wayne, but they, they regularly taking her. And I was like, oh my God. Great experiences. She said something um, about Bob, and since then, he's like, oh, hey, baby, how you doing? You come ride? Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> what can I tell you? Oh, you know, Gray's a little pervert. What I, can I, I say? have taken to asking people now who, who, come to me for assistance and think they've got maybe demonic things going on. They're actually quite similar when you start looking at things like sleep paralysis or um, different, um, you know, experiences like, you know, balls of light or hearing certain sounds or smells, believe it or not, they're actually quite similar, but I have taken to asking people if they have any military connections, like family members in the military do they have, um, and you'd be surprised how many people say yes. In fact, I was I was in contact with a woman who we've been helping for about two years. And she goes, oh, yes, my uncle worked at, in Roswell. <laughs> when things went down in Roswell, my uncle was a part of that. I'm like, oh, gee, I wonder why you're having all these well, experiences. Because they were seeing greys. Well, greys are friendly. They love you. Mary, you should be scarcely proud. Um, no, actually, I'm glad you said that because if I had a dollar for every abductee slash contactee that spent time in an orphanage in Canada, not in the United States, by the way, this is a Canadian thing, right. and only a Canadian thing, I-, I could retire. I'm not kidding you. It started out with a, friend, a good friend of mine. She went on a name, Pern Cougar. We're not going to get into why or any of that stuff, but she was one of our, one of our um, Canadian directors. She came from one. So... And then a couple of people had come in the room and, uh, you know, we've always had a lot of Canadians. We're friends with a lot of Canadians. And, and we had about a dozen in two weeks come in the room that were come from orange. I'm like, what the hell? It was almost like somebody dumped it into my plate. So I said, Cougar, why don't you take a look, get a couple of people 
and take a look and see what we can find. So in less than three weeks, they found 750 contactees that had spent time in orbit in less than three weeks. Mm. It freaked me out. So, so there was another tie to it, though. Um, so we couldn't figure out how they got there. Guess who put them there? The U.S. government. You figured that one out. No, we had they had the paperwork and everything. A lot of them still had the paperwork. So somehow Interesting. they were in the U.S. I don't know if they were Canadians or if they were Americans or if they were both, but somehow or another the U.S. shipped them to different orphanages in Canada. Not all of them were like that, but about half were. It was freaky weird. Yeah, Even today, we still it's an ongoing project. Our yeah. Orphanages and uh, and. Uh, we still, we it's still an ongoing project. Most of all the ICARS things are ongoing project. We'll never quit until even when I die, other ICARS people just take Tell them how to get to it so they know. Because uh, you mentioned it, but they don't know. Not everybody knows. It's the it Inter International Community of Alien Research. It's icar1.com. There'll be stuff like my arguments with uh, Kathleen Margarine about the Betty and Barney Hill case because they had it totally wrong and I rewrote it. Uh, there'll be cases like the uh, cattle mutilations and stuff like that. It's um, no one should ever let me into the field because originally I was a debunker. I was like, no, you people are on crack. Nobody's being abducted by aliens. Aliens are not real. I was just like when I was 20. But and um, and over the years, I learned, of course, I was wrong. But it's 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 just weird how things get dumped into my lap. I don't know how to explain it. You know, all of this started because when I was like 20, everybody and their mama kept telling me they had been. Abducted. I'm not, uh, you know. My dentist told me a good friend of mine who served, who was a politician at the time, came and told me one day had been taken. I actually, in the beginning, I thought they were effing with me. Every pilot I worked with in the Navy, which was four different squadrons, all told me the same thing. They had seen an alien craft. And they did not call it a UFO. They called it an alien craft. Uh, they didn't see it on the hood or the app. They seen a damn thing flying where they could almost reach out and touch it. Um, they said it just performed move. It took till now for the Foo Fighters, for us to even get closer to move, maneuvers the Foo Fighters did, it took us to now, 100 years later almost, or 80, 86 years later almost, uh, to invent drones that can kind of do what the Foo Fighters done. We still have nothing that can move as fast as they do today, and we have nothing as big as them that can make the performance moves that they did in hmm. World War II. You figure it out. Right. And every, every, every person that had a pilot every army every navy every air force that had pilots flying whether it was us whether it was the brits whether it was the germans whether it was the russians whether it was the english it didn't matter who it was it was the J japan it didn't matter they all seen them all right. of them and right. no one could claim them because no one knew what the hell they were everybody else thought it was somebody else's stuff i will get back to everybody 15 percent, tam 15 percent. okay um okay back to ron does russian reveal evidence of past lives I, I would say yes, along with abductions. Okay, Joe? don't get me started on the past live thing. Don't get me started on the past live thing. So I got another, I got another, I got a whole other scenario for y'all. That's say, a whole other show. <laughs> so listen, there's a multiverse, right? Which means there's one of you in every multiverse. Okay, so every every dimension, every universe, there's one of you in it. Well, you might be blonde hair, blue eyed, whatever. It doesn't matter. You may be tall, you may be short, you may be fatter, you may be skinny, you may be a murderer, you may be a great cook. It, it's just each one is different. Whatever thing that can happen to you will happen, and it will be in every dimension. So, that, but they're all going on at the same time. So, what do you what do you need reincarnation for? If everything's existing at one time, when you all die, you'll just snap back together into one being, mm. and you've lived every possible life there is. So, why would you need that? 
It's a hard one because we do know the multiverse is real. So how can you have that and have reincarnation? Mm. Mm, that's a tough one. And I haven't decided on either one, by the way. I just like saying it because it sounds it's good. Different. Again, we've, we've done we've done shows on the gray zone on the multiverse and different, you know, time travel and time slips and things of that nature. So, you know, anything is possible. Um, and I agree with Mary. The ones who defy the most are the first ones who are the greatest believers. Um, is it true birthmarks are a bodily residual of how you died in a past life? I hope not, because I got a bunch of them damn things. <laughs> got littered. Yeah, I'm just saying, I got, bunch of, I got one here. My, man, I got one on my neck that was damn, was damn this this long. I must, uh, they must have hung no. me in my last one. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. I, look, it, you know, I tell this again, like I said earlier in the show, believe whatever makes you feel as snug as a bug in the rug, because that's what's important. Um, I mean, I pick on people because there is a multiverse and it is possible that we're living every life at one time in one instant. So, I mean, somewhere I'm, I'm, I'm you know, way sexier than I am now. Somewhere I'm, I have wings. Somewhere I'm just an axe murderer. Uh, somewhere I have 10 wives. Somewhere I have 10 husbands. Uh, the point being is, is whatever can possibly exist, and this is science, by the way, you're going to experience which actually kind of scares me a little bit because there's a lot of bad shit in the universe that I do not want to experience. But somewhere one of me is experiencing that. I guess I'm one of the luckier ones. Uh, but and when you all die, you all come back to one being. So you've lived every possible life at one time. And then when you come back, you're, you're either an enlightened being or an insane being. I don't know which one. Um, I guess it's the way you deal with all of this stuff. But then, so, so again, so what do you need reincarnation for if that's how the universe works? I think as we learn more, some of the old things we used to believe are going to have to be changed. Because we, we, as we learn more about the universe, some of the stuff that we think now just doesn't fit. Well, it's conditioning. Universe, and it is conditioning. I, I think it's conditioning and we've evolved, I think, even with technology. So deja vu, This I like this question, Ron. Is deja vu an experience of a past life or a, just a dimensional experience? For me, de- deja vu usually is something from the future. It's it's like precog. Um, okay, interesting. When I usually have, and sometimes because I'm a dumbass, I don't always pay attention to it. Well, no, really, throughout my life, I've, I've always one? yeah. Well, I, I did. <laughs> I have to throughout do the my life thing holding up a certain product no, no. that shouldn't but, be. But throughout my life, I've had a lot of deja vu throughout my life, and mm-hmm. most of the times it's it's, it's a it's yep. a precog. It's something mm. that's going to happen, and I should be watching for it. But sometimes I'm like, come on, this is BS, and then it happens, and I'm like, oh, sometimes shit. Sometimes it's a place that you've been to before. Yes, it's sometimes like, it is. It's just it's, like that. You it's, know, it's, 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 it's like it's, a glitch in the matrix. It's like, you know, like when people sometimes tell me they know when aliens are coming because they smell cinnamon or they smell ozone. There's certain smells they smell. Ozone's a big one for some and, people. And, 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 yeah, it is a big one. And but that's what after, people who claim to have demonic experiences smell, like an ozone, sulfur. Yes, because if a gray came to your house in the middle of the night and dragged you around, you'd think it was a damn demonic experience I too. I know, but that's what I'm saying. There's that crossover again that we're talking about. That with, is, because with it's, not, it's not identified correctly. That's why it's a crossover. See, my problem yeah. is... Paranormal is paranormal. It means anything yeah. out of the normal. So ufology and all the ghosts and, and all that stuff is all lumped on the one sum because it's all paranormal. But for me and her, it's not. It's normal. It's mm-hmm. not paranormal. This is stuff we deal with daily. It's stuff we've been dealing with daily our whole lives. And it's so it's mm-hmm. not paranormal is not a good word for people. It's, and you see all these different groups of the oh, paranormal is paranormal. You're dumbasses. 
Okay. This is something you deal with daily. So it's not paranormal. You need to start letting people understand some of this stuff happens on a daily, regular basis. It does not make it paranormal. It makes it a normal event that's happening that we can't explain why it is. Mm. And, uh, and so we mislabel so a it's lot. Just an unex, it's an unexplainable an event. event. All, all, yes. But right. we put the connotations okay. by using that word on it. Uh, hey, look, I, I'm, I'm a, all it's about been commercialized, though, but you have to understand paranormal itself has become an industry. It's become commercialized. Like, I mean, you know, when I started, I mean, I've been in, I've been seeing stuff my entire life. I've had experiences my entire life. But, you know, being, I will say, professionally in the field where I was more active in filming and things like that, um, you know, it's been about like two decades and it was still going strong before that. But now it's become so um, sensationalized yes, and so TV. commercialized. Maybe people have just lost track of what it actually is. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, here's something I wouldn't wish to everybody. Around 10 years old, I used to have these wicked, horrible dreams. And it's one of the w ways I learned how to, I learned how to control my dreams because of this. Uh, it's one of the things, you know, I started having lucid dreams instead of regular dreams. Just, I could dream in color. I could change my dreams. There's just a lot of things I, I learned about that that really helped me through life. But by doing so, I picked up a gift or a curse. So starting around 12, I started seeing people die. Mm. Everyone was right, including my dad, including my mom. Everyone was right on the money. Right. Right. And it's And the first two or three times you're thinking, well, that was just weird. After, you know, after, and I'd always seen them in threes. It always comes to right. me in threes. And, uh, and it, it always happens within, after the first and it's within two or three years for the rest of them to go. And it's, man, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It, that, that is not, because there's nothing you can do about it. You can tell the right. individual, but it, it's not going to make any difference. Whatever it is, is fate. Or if you don't believe in fate, it's something else. But you can see it. Um, you know, I remember when I dreamt about my dad, I remember uh, it was two years before he was diagnosed with cancer. And I told my mom, you need to go. So she took him in, of course, he had liver cancer. And then they found out it had spread to his blood. So he had blood cancer. There was nothing they could do for him, especially mm -hmm. back then. They just didn't have. Today, it might have been a difference, but it sucks. But the last eight years, I've been free of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I don't know how or why or what it is. Um, mm -hmm. Or maybe mm -hmm. just nobody I know is dying anytime soon, which is a plus. Uh, um, but the dreams, you know, one of the things we teach and we still teach is dream weaving. So if 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 you're single, you're married, or you're, or you have somebody a, a secondhand, dream weaving is a nice thing to learn. So you can once you learn how to get into somebody else's head, there's a lot of things you can do. One, you can change their dreams. You can see things. You can go places. You can help them get past things. They can help you get past things. So the reason that we start out with spouses or boyfriends and stuff like that or, or girlfriends is. Because you can ask in the morning, did you dream about this pink dragon? Or did you dream about this, that, or whatever it is? Because a lot of dreams are just stupid, uh, random stuff. And uh, and you can ask. If the person looks at you funny and says yes, then you can go on with the rest of it. And what happens is after a while, you can connect with them on their dreams. You can open doors. You can change things for them. If, if, if they're having a hard time changing a dream or if they're being psychic attacked, you can actually stop that stuff for them. Uh, mm -hmm. So dream weaving is, is something that, and that all became because I learned how to lucid dream and I learned how to control my own dreams. I, that I was, love lucid dreaming. Yeah. So that was just another gift that came along mm -hmm. and I started teaching it to friends of mine and stuff like that. And they use it all but again, the time. Do you find, like for me, lucid dreaming was huge 
up until I had children, actually. And then it slowed right down. And now yeah, it's a lot of women well. tell me that. And I could do amazing things with Lucid. Like well, all my dreams. I think I think for women, it's because when they have the children, the brain goes the other way. It says, okay, my, my feelers Logic. are now went out to my kids. Yeah. So that's what that I'm connected sense. to now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for men, sense. it's a little different. You know, sometimes they may connect to the kids, but a lot of times they'll just keep going on the same track. But right. dream weaving is a great thing you can do with anybody. And no distance is, there's no distance too far mm-hmm. or too short. Uh, right. You can, you can do it with a friend. And if you don't believe me, once you learn how to do it fairly well, you can set up uh, sleep sessions with friends overseas and dream mm-hmm. with them. Right. It's, it's a great thing to learn. It's mm-hmm. also, I'll tell you something else. I shouldn't even bring this up. Uh, but if you get good at it, you can dream in your children's dreams. You can help control, help them to control dreams. You can actually teach them how to control their dreams. You can also be there in a nightmare to stop mm-hmm. the bad thing. Right. So, you know, and you can show them how they can pop up a sword to slay the dragon or they mm-hmm. can come up whatever they needed to conquer that dream. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and let me tell you what, conquering dreams is a big thing because I really did until from age it all started for me. I just, I don't know what it was. I was having these wicked, just wicked, horrible dreams. So I started replaying in the very beginning. I started replaying episodes of Star Trek through my head, the old Star Trek, the original mm. series. I would play them through my head and that would distract me from the dreams. Then I realized I could change the episode of the Star Trek to how I wanted it to fit. Mm-hmm. So once I realized that, I let myself go back to dreaming. Of course, the nightmares came back, but then I realized I could control the nightmare. Once I could control it, it was over with. It's not that I don't ever have a nightmare from time to time. I still do. Um, right. And, uh, but I control them for the most part. Not always, though. If I'm sleeping really, really right. sound, uh, really, really hard, like I've been out drinking or something like that, it doesn't always work. And uh, um, you know, I'm going to be honest with people because I want people to know, know how it is. Okay, we're going to get to some more questions. Well, uh, we, I own a network. We can go as long as we want, man. We got time, man. So are so-called paranormal TV series fakes? No, I imagine some are, like any type a of, lot of TV show out there. Some are, some are not. I find a lot of the ones that are giving accounts of their stories are not so much because these are people talking about their experiences. I mean, do they, do some of them, do producers sort of embellish things? Yes, absolutely. Because that's what's called ratings. I, I say it all the time. If I had a dollar for every time I had to yell out demon out of all the questions I'm asked and they yeah. keep saying, yeah, but it could be this, right? Um, yes, I guess so. Okay, so can we say it? <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. It's ratings. Um, and unfortunately, the people ratings. in front of the camera, eight times out of 10, they don't have what's called creative control. They don't have any power to do that. You know, I, I cut back. I've turned down a lot of different TV series for that reason. And, and I wasn't in what, agreement with yeah. what they wanted me to do. And you know what sucks for y'all is, and Michelle will know this. We will do sometimes eight, nine, ten hours of stuff they'll ask us, and they'll put like ten minutes up. You're like, what? And then it's none of the good stuff. Oh, no, it's none of the good stuff. It's whatever they think is good, not what you think is good. No, no, that ends up on the cutting room floor. But I'm like, wait a minute, man. Didn't I say this? Didn't I say this? Didn't I say this? What the fuck is going on? (laughs) I know. I get aggravated about it. It's pretty frustrating because people don't realize when you're filming – like at least when you're sitting in the hot seat being interviewed, it's very repetitive and you can, you, it's just, you go, you go, you go, you go. I could give five answers to one question. They're always going to go for the most dramatic, but with investigative shows, again, you can be at a location. Everything you see is the best stuff out of probably 24 to 48 hours, if not more of filming. Um, is it fake? Is it embellished? I'm sure some of it is. I mean, I've known friends who have, 
crazy haunted locations throughout the world and they've had shows come in and say, okay, we're just going to do this or this where the owner says, no, you're not. This, this place will stand on its own two feet. It doesn't need you helping it. Other shows come in there and the place just gives it up. But even when you're doing a normal investigation, the chances that you're always going to get something is like maybe 15%. You may as well just sit there, hunker down with a good coffee or hot chocolate and mm, just come wait. Come out of New it, Orleans, it'll be 100%. See, yeah, we'll see some, but some locations deliver. I've had locations like that where I can go in and say definitively, yes, it was a paranormal experience. For example, Hoyabachu Forest. I don't know too many people who, because I do know people who have gone and said, no, no, we we definitely had experiences. I had experiences. My team had experiences. Maybe but I it doesn't mean if we go back, up. we're going to have an experience. I tend to think we will, but you just don't know. So that's, that's a, a pretty loaded question. Um, so getting back to um, the deja vu for a moment, Wayne says, I felt the deja vu is a replay of a life that ended prematurely and the person is sent back to live the life over. So things seem so familiar right up to the time of a person's death. And he says that because his deja vu ended sometime around the age of 27 before that it was a very prevalent experience in his life. Can you can you maybe give him some insight on that? Well, I would think when it comes to deja vu, it's going to be for each individual person, how it works. Right. Um, I've never seen any past lives in or anything like that. Uh, to be honest with you, it's always been precog for me. But for other people, sometimes it's precog. Sometimes it's it's at the moment. A lot of people have deja vu at the moment. So it's like they're reliving the same moment over again. Mm -hmm. You know, like somebody walking over your grave. So a lot of people, it's just a, it's like a replay. Of the mm -hmm. exact same thing you just did, but it replays. So I've, I've noticed over the years, I used to try to put this into a category, but I can't. Uh, I would say when it comes to deja vu, there's four or five different types of deja vu in the way it mm -hmm. works. So that's why I don't down anybody on the way they think about it, because it's probably the way it works for them. If right. you've experienced it more than one time, then you probably have an understanding on how it works for you. Yes. Um, like Chris says, for, for this experience, deja vu is a time slip most of the time. And see, a lot of people describe it that way. That's what I'm saying. So it seems to vary from person to person. I'm not even sure why. Or maybe what's happened is, is we've just mislabeled it. Okay. okay. So we've already looked at five different, what we call deja vu here, but maybe each one is actually should be labeled something different. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, and, and I don't know which one you would label. I don't, I, see, it's one of the problems with UFOs and, and paranormal is we get trapped in these labels and it's hard to work around them a lot of times. And a lot of stuff That's we hard. call stuff today shouldn't even be called that. It should be something mm -hmm. entirely different. Um, and it may have a very technical word for it, you know, for like a but science I will do step, this. I will, I will guarantee you if you have a couple of cocktails and you walk around the French Quarter between 2.30 a.m. and 4.30 a.m., you will see something. Just just mm -hmm. keep roaming. Roam between Jackson Square back down the side, around the cathedral, back around the backside, and all the way around where the slaves used to be sold mm -hmm. and hung, you're going to see something. I can guarantee you. I've never gone down there ever that time in the morning that I didn't see something. And usually, and I'll tell you ahead of time, you usually get some creepy feeling like something walking up the back of your neck or someone blowing on your ear. It's a strange feeling, and then it's there. And, and lots of people have seen stuff down there. A lot of people don't even want to admit it. Matter of fact, I was talking to this group of tourists and he said, Oh, what was that? Some kind of reenactment? I said, two 30 in the morning. You gotta be shitting me. Right. 
oh no, that had to be a rat. And I said, no, them a ghost. And they're like, what? I said, do you see him anywhere? I'm mean, because you can see both ends of the walkway for like a half mile. I said, you see him anywhere? I mean, they were big, huge Bella dresses. I mean, I would think you would still see them. So, mm. um, you know, teleportation is possible. Even we actually have technology today to uh, teleport. Uh, the Brits did it first. <laughs> they, te- they, they teleported one one byte of information. I uh, one point five kilomiles, one point five kilometers. Then the uh, then the Aussies did it for like three miles. The U.S. has still not done it yet, um, but they've been working on this for a while. So the next thing is, is the next test is going to be to take a box with something in it and transport it two or three miles and see how it works. Eventually, eventually, I'm when I say eventually, it could be five years to five hundred years at the rate we. Well, the Philadelphia test. experiment that was. But we will we will have teleportation. Uh, so we won't you know, see people ask me about space gates all the time. Why don't we build a space gate? Uh, space gate would be great. You know, space elevator. I'm sorry. Um, but, but if we're going to have teleportation in less than a hundred years, why is it way waste of money? In there are power spots. though. if you just know where they are, mm-hmm. they're natural or vortexes or portals. And and we found other ways to send stuff to space. We just won't do it. Uh, Los Alamos had been working. Los Alamos took some of the, um, this tells you how big these lasers were. Uh, that Star Wars was. Los Alamos took some of these lasers and they were taking these big discs about the size of my house with vents in it and they would shoot the laser up and superheat them and shoot them into space. Mm. So they learned how they could send stuff in space without using jet engines, but they didn't want to do it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we didn't want that kind of technology because it would make things cheap. Ooh. You know, sending something in space right now is outrageous expensive. This would make it really cheap. I say uh, use the natural spot. <laughs> it's right. That's right. Send it up, Dan. Send it. Up. Well, you know, the planet. That's the I don't problem. Know. You can't. A lot. A lot of there. where the natural spots are are in countries we're not allowed in, but or we don't have good relationships with. But let's let's look at it this way. It is all also, let's look at it this way. Look at when we did the show on on time travel. Do you remember that woman who woke up it's been one three day? Weeks out there, Mary. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Woke up one day and all of a sudden. She was in a whole other time, and she she has a, she still has a reward out for anybody who can help her get back to her life. She woke up in a different time in the same apartment that looked mm-hmm. different, wearing a different pair of pajamas, and her fiancé of seven years, nowhere to be found. That sounds like a gray or reptilian F-up or human F-up. Well, See, they, they, well, they pull yeah. you out of time now when they do abductions now. And because of the, the the loss of time, they pull you out of time now. So when they put you back, you know, mm-hmm. they try to put you back like 10 minutes before, 10 minutes after they take right. you. So there's no missing time. But they can make boo-boos. And, and we know over the years, we've seen lots of boo-boos from the greatest, like flopping the two wives out and the wife in New York and the wife in – I can't even imagine Why when this girl woke up. Yeah, I can't, you know, this, this girl wakes up in California. She looks Sorry over and she sees – She's in bed with some guy that's not her husband. So she's screaming. I'm, I'm feeling sorry for the guy. She's screaming, kicking, him, beating on him. He finally gives her the phone because she's going to call the police. And then she calls, calls her number and her husband answers the phone. He looks over and there's a woman sleeping next to him that's not her. They flop flies. The grays just. It's like I'm saying, a whole other, a whole other meaning. They just to gave the wrong one. And one of the, one of the, yeah, I know. And then uh, one of my favorite one, ones is. This girl in, uh, I forgot the name of a city in Japan, woke up one morning wearing these little pink drawers and this little pink top. And she was freaked out because when she went to bed, she was wearing a t-shirt and drawers. 
then she noticed she went to go get redressed because she couldn't figure out how she got dressed like that. And she noticed it was a name and number on the underwear. So she called it. The girl woke, the girl got up, was walking around the house, and she said she gave her description of her clothes and what she was wearing. So she I guess the girl didn't know she went and looked, and there they were in the basket. And then she freaked out. So under hypnosis, both of them were contacted. Same thing with the two wives. They did a police investigation into to the, the New York and California girls. They actually launched an investigation into it. There was no way, because it was only like two hours difference a night, there was no mm. way they could have got a plane there. Just, just There was no even no reservations, no nothing. And it was just there. And then there's the two California ladies who had stage four cancer and woke up without it. And this was crazy because we would we were one of the lead investigators on it. And I really felt sorry because I knew both these ladies had less than six months. Mm. And I still remember this. I get a call because remember California is two hours behind us. I get a call. It's like it's it's like eight o'clock and it's it's early for them. It's like six a.m. She's just just going on and on. I'm like, what? What's up? What's up? What she said? I don't have cancer. I was like, what do you mean you don't have cancer? She said, I'm sending you the, the pictures. She's I got to come in. She's already got a FedEx out. It'll be your house in a day. She said, not only do I not have it, but there's no damage. All the all the places that had damaged, because it was stage four, it was in at least four locations. Everything that had damaged was fixed, and there was no sign of cancer anywhere. So, and she was friends with this other lady. So she mm. sends me this. I'm like, what the? So I call her doctor, you know, because I'm, I'm running the case. I call her doctor. She said, Mr. Montaldo, it's gone. She said, he said, no, it's gone. It's not, it didn't go in remission. It's, she didn't, she, we're, we're all don't know what to say because they've got tons of pictures of the cancer in her body mm. and from the MRI. So they were, they were like, it's well documented. I've heard things like this yeah, before. So, and so she calls her friend and tells her what happened. Her friend gets up feeling great that morning, goes to the doctor and guess what? She don't have cancer either. Cured both of them. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows why, why they picked them too, what happened. You could say it was a miracle, but neither one of these women are religious. Um, they said the Grays did it, and, and that's what they're sticking with today, and they're cancer-free. Well, and, so uh, what do you say? Because crazy. Chris says there's no such thing as alien abduction. It's false. What do you... Well, of course, a lot of people don't want to think there's alien abduction uh, because it scares the living shit out. <laughs> so, so if people, if, if they have looped memories, okay, because I'll just add to this, okay, Chris, be patient with me. If people if people have looped memories or scrub memories and you hypnotize somebody, how do you know you're not getting just an implanted memory of sorts? How do you know? Because you to know that there's abductions, obviously there's people who have either been regressed to think to through hypnosis or they just recall it. Or well, a I cheat. And this re this requires okay. a fairly deep form of hypnosis in, in person, but <laughs> right. it, it requires a fairly deep hypnosis. Right. So what we do is, is is we look for things throughout the person's life. Right. Okay. So right now it may be looped, but 10 years ago it wasn't. Right. Five years before that it wasn't either. And since all abductions are, are start from birth to death, there's always going to be a trace throughout, even as a child, it's still going to mm. be in there. So the more you go back, the more you find. Right. You know, so it's easy to loop them. And even the loop ones you can push out of the way to find out how much time or what was going on. Because there's also ways like that. And, and like I said, they make mistakes too. Like here's another uh, good mistake for y'all they made. So Linda and I were in um, Pensacola, Florida, having dinner mm. with the two contactees. All right. It was midnight, 1230. We had just taken a picture. You know, we did a group picture. We had the person at the restaurant take the picture. We all had a great dinner, had a great time, had nice cocktails. And I said, I'd meet him around 10 before I left to come home. 
So six o'clock in the morning, my phone is just ringing off. The, and I wouldn't answer. They started calling the damn hotel phone. I'm like, what the hell? Something. It's a family thing. Something happened in a family. I pick up the phone. They're both screaming. Like, ah. I'm like, what? You got to come over. You got to come over. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So I go to the house. I get there. He, you know, this guy was clean shaven when I seen him. His beard was like this. I mean, it was just big, huge beard. She had, I have never seen that much hair on a woman's leg in my entire life. She looked like damn little monkey girl. And um, so we went and had it checked out. The doctors figured it was somewhere between three and four weeks worth of hair growth that grew in under five hours. Wow. And no one could give us an explanation. So under hypnosis, it clearly came out. They were gone for three weeks. Three weeks. They had three weeks worth of memories. You can't make that up. Uh, and we were, and what's great for us, because we're very strict about it, hypnosis, is uh, we always do, we always run the voice stress meter in the hypnosis. There's always four people present. So there's the person who's being abducted, I mean, being hypnotized, somebody they brought with them that they trust implicitly, myself and, and whoever's working with me on the case. So there's always that amount of people. And it's for everybody's safety because we are talking about hypnotizing people and sometimes really deep hypnosis. So I want everyone to feel safe and protected and know that there's not going to be any harm. There's, there's lots of different ways of hypnosis, light hypnosis, each you can do a light. And I like to start with people with a light, then a little deeper, then a little deeper, then a little deeper. One, it builds trust with me and it makes it easier for me to get deeper and deeper in their head as we go along. So, right. And we have strict rules. You can't say the word UFO. You can't say the word extraterrestrial. You can't say spacecraft. These words all have to come out of the, of the person who's being hypnotized's mouth. Mm -hmm. So what we'll usually do is ask them to give us a description of something that went on in their life. So, and they'll tell us. And, uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll find out more and more about it. And then, then we come back, you know, because we, we, like, we like to really, you know, get, get into deep. Get, the deeper, the better we can get, the, the more information we're going to get. It's just, it just comes out. And mm -hmm. some people, when you get really deep, it just starts flowing out all over the place. And we let them pick it. So anyway, when we're done with the first regression, we get together, we listen to all the tapes and review all the tapes. Then we formulate a line of questioning based on what we learned in this case. Okay. And, and still, we can't use those words, but they can. So once we do that, then we set up the next hypnosis, which is a, a good bit deeper than the first one. And then that line of question that we all four agreed on is what we use for that. And it's, it's, it works fabulously. It's, it's, it's really, really good. And remember, don't forget, guys, I got degrees in voice stress analysis, facial recognition, and body language. And I got them from big companies because, I well, the voice stress I learned from a state trooper. Everything mm -hmm. else, the two of the companies I used to hire and fire for sent me to school for voice stress and, and uh, body language. And I'm really good at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've fired and hired many people because of it. So when you come down to alien abduction, it's what anybody wants to believe about it, but the government doesn't know anything about it. The government knows squat when it comes to aliens. That's why they do military abductions. And if, if the alien abductions why it wasn't real, then why are so many people having military abductions? Mm -hmm. And those are easy to prove. Uh, people see people being taken from their home in black vans, being taken from their homes in black helicopters. Uh, things like that, people being pulled over the road and being taken. These We have lots and lots of cases like these. And under regression, it clearly shows the military abduction. And it clearly well, the shows Hills the alien abduction. That too, though, didn't they? Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. if the, and the problem for the government is, is the aliens don't give squat about the government. 
Okay, they don't care about our governments. They're not telling our governments either. they're never going to give them any real technology because they don't trust them. Right. We're, we're not because they're not dealing someone where we're going to use the technology against them. They're worried we're going to use it against the Russians or the Chinese right. or somebody else. Right. Uh, that's what they're worried about. So they're not going to mm-hmm. give us that kind of stuff. Right. And I mean, they can take anybody from their home or anywhere else. Uh, right. And they've, they've got all sorts of technology we love to get our hands on. But, you know, mm-hmm. people ask me all the time, abduction is real or not real. All I can tell you is after 40 years in the field and probably over a thousand hypno cases, not including the 87,000 cases we have on file. I'm sorry, 97,000 cases we have on file. Um, I'd have to absolutely tell you beyond any shadow of a doubt that it's real. Right. Uh, we have tons and tons and tons and tons of evidence now that it's real. Uh, mm-hmm. We have lots of cases, not just here. We have cases from around the world. And ICAR cheated. So what we did was originally with MUFON, we were MUFON in the early days, we took 5,000 cases and we did abduction criteria. Today we have over 90,000 cases and we have abduction criteria. And what abduction criteria is, is things that happened in every abduction. Mm. Okay, a routine that happens. Now, some of this we made public, about 55% of it we made public, like the blue plasma and other things. But about 45%, we still keep a secret. And the reason why is I'd never know who was lying or telling the truth without it. So these are things that happen in all abductions, whatever you're experiencing. So for a routine for you, y'all's first abduction happens pre-birth. It's probably twice before you're born. Usually within a couple of months after you're born, you're taken again. Uh, mom's taking, you're taking the whole lot. Uh, as children, I cannot tell you how many children talk about their bug-eyed friends, their reptilian friends, uh, and these people come from contactee families. They're talking about it on a regular basis. We don't re- we don't regress anybody under age 21, by the way. We don't. You can do it yourself, but we don't. We don't have. We don't. We just don't do that. Um, it's just for a lot of different reasons, but we don't do it. But anyway, right. starting around puberty to about age 30, there are some wicked shit happens to all contactees. And most people will never remember that. And most people should never want to remember it. It's horrible. Mm. But starting around 30, it, it starts. It starts into a different way in 40 and 50 and 60. It changes. But what happens for some people, if they've gotten to a point where they're into the line at that point, say age 35, they quit abducting them. But they will come back and take their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. It's, it's and a lineage like thing for sure. Like it is a lineage thing. And, things. Yeah, and, and, and right now, we are the only organization that has three six generational cases probably about 25 generation cases and god knows how many fourth generation what we're talking about is great great grandmother to great great granddaughter and they're all contactees and we have the whole line so we've had all of them they've all been regressed they've all given their stories you just can't get information like that and it's this is like hitler stuff the stuff he would have loved to be doing mm-hmm. uh, and, and what we find out is under hypnosis or not even under hypnosis a lot of times they are things that happens to all of them, mm-hmm. to each and every one of them. And it happens to all contactees and all abductees. Whether you're one of the ones who think you're there to help or peace, love, and light or whatever, mm-hmm. there are certain things that are going to happen to you no matter mm-hmm. what. You just and, can't escape. And that's how we know what's real and what's not real. With that being said, we are, we are over I know. So I'm going to sign us off. And wow, you guys are awesome tonight. Yes, y'all. Y'all great audience. Yeah, you guys were great. So again, we've come to the end of an amazing, amazing segment. Very informative. So thank you, Joe, for that. It's always informative. Love the the whole, 
ET talk. And yes, Tamara, I'm doing it. <laughs> Thanks, Plato. Um, so thank you, Kenny. So um, big thank you, of course, to Joe for um, answering and uh, addressing comments. Uh, we really appreciate that. Big thank you for just coffee. I'm going to get Huge an thank you. Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, big thank you, Steve McGinnis. Uh, wherever you guys are watching, whichever platform, please uh, show us some support. Uh, like us, follow us, subscribe to us, whatever the case may be, we appreciate you for it. And um, be sure to watch us, watch out for us on Roku. As Joe mentioned, we are going to be on Roku. We are there now. We're going to be pretty much live in the next little while, next few days. So please check us out. Wednesday night, still working on it. I can assure you it'll be magnificent because that's what I do. I make sure we have magnificent. Thursday night, um, I'm really looking forward to this one uh, with Philip Kinsella. He's going to be discussing his new book, Sky Crash. And he's, he's basically had a lot of experiences with reptilians and things of that nature. Um, his brother Ronald has been on the show. Just, just amazing content. You guys are not going to want to miss that. So, in the meantime, guys, look at Joe's already peeling his clothes off. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> so, she said, she said, do some Chippendales for you. I'll tip so, you. I'm like, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So, <laughs> thank you. Y'all guys are great, by the way. I love, I love Michelle's. Yes, thank, thank you, guys all. Um, we definitely. Appreciate you. All the comments are still happy. You're magnificent. There we go. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Everybody have a fantastic uh, weekend, and we'll see you next week. Uh, behave yourselves. <laughs>